Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not so favourite horror movies with me, your host, Kat. This week I am joined by actress, screenwriter, producer, all-round amazing filmmaker, Constantina. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you today? Oh, I'm really good. It's only 8.30, so I have a long day ahead of me. Let's do it. Oh gosh, I already forgot about the time difference. Oh. Poor thing. <laughs> oh, I'm a morning person. Don't worry about that at all. So I've been oh, up for good. Oh, good. Hello, camera. Don't do yeah, you've gone all blurry. That's fine. There we go. Um, <laughs> it makes me feel sick. So I'm like, ew. Um, yeah, no, I'm a morning person. I've been up for about an hour and a half now. So I went. Oh and gosh, good for you. Coffee shop. Got two coffees. <laughs> two coffees already. Cat. Love it. Well, I had a cold and a hot. So. Ah, ah, clever. You, you're prepared for everything. I've got a glass of water. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about yourself, because I know you from one of my favorite horror films of last year. So, But not everybody who's <laughs> listening know who, knows who you are. So mm-hmm, introduce yeah. yourself. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm an actor um, and a screenwriter and producer. Um, uh, I, but I mean, you probably know me best. And the reason we connected uh, was a film that I did last year um, called Anything for Jackson um, that uh, um, is is kind of making its its rounds around the world at the moment. Uh, I, I think it's on Shudder uh, in Australia and in uh, the UK, across Europe and in um, uh, in the US. Um and and I, I produce and uh, and write uh, some of my own films as well. Um, um, yeah, I mean that—that's pretty much me. <laughs> um, is it Departure? That's your short film. Yeah, yeah. My most recent short, uh, Departure, was sort of making the rounds uh, festival-wise, and actually this uh, this weekend uh, that we're recording this. Actually, I, I don't know when it's going to come out, but this weekend that we're recording it, uh, it's uh, it's screening at the uh, uh, Garden State Film Festival in uh, New Jersey, and uh, um, doing a virtual screening um, here in Canada through the Pendance Film Festival. So we're very excited about that. So my it, it was written by me uh, and my fiance, and. Uh, um, I act in it, and my, my fiance and I produced it together, and uh, and he also directed it. That's so exciting! What a cool team! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of uh, we we began making films uh, just kind of just out of university. He was a, a film student, I was uh, an actor, and and we had met uh, during school. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those things where uh, you know we finished school and and you know we we were kind of getting started in our careers and and. Uh, we're just like, you know what, like, why don't we just make something ourselves? <laughs> and the first time around went really well. It could have gone horribly. I mean, we could have broken up from it. I've, I've heard horror stories, but you know, it worked out. And so uh, we decided to keep on doing it because, because uh, uh, we, we really enjoyed telling stories together. That's awesome. That's so, mm-hmm. ah, that's so wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I mean, as an actor, it's, it's, it's really empowering to, uh, uh, you know, get to create my own stories and create my own characters and, and, and know that I'm going to be able to bring them to life. You know, it, we spend a lot of time auditioning and, and getting excited about potential projects, but uh, uh, usually you have to wait to get cast in something before you can actually, you know, do what you love. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm all for just making make the space yourself like if that's what you want to do screw waiting around for anybody else like just go ahead and Mm. do it and um that's why I love like Brie Grant's work um Mm. because she wrote Lucky that she um 
that Natasha Kamani um, directed, the same girl who did imitate, the same director that did Imitation Girl. Oh, cool, cool. Um, it's on Shutter at the moment, but she wrote the story and I was like, she's going to know how to bring that character to the screen and, mm-hmm, exactly. and everything about that character. And I'm, I'm assuming you feel the same way about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, I write the women that I want to see on screen and, and the stories and the journeys that, that I want to, to kind of present to the world and, and, you know, have people go through and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, I can certainly relate. So you've chosen Midsummer. So you're like one of the first people to choose a film like that new. I, you know, I noticed that when I was kind of uh, like creeping through um, some past episodes and stuff like that. Um, I have to admit um, uh, that I, kind of came into the horror game a little bit late. Um, I feel like my love affair with horror movies um, didn't really start until I saw The Witch a few years back. Yeah, um, Robert Eggers. Yeah, Um, that was actually, I was flip-flopping between wanting to talk about that and and Midsummer. I actually Uh, ordered a t-shirt that um, has two kids and Black Phillip, and it says Black Phillip Appreciation Club. Yes, because I love Black Philip that much. I love Black (laughs) Philip. Me too. (laughs) Biggest twist in cinema is Black Philip. What? It was so predictable. Like, but still. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so so it. I uh, I saw the witch, and then and then I started kind of discovering this sort of new uh, kind of young move- movement in modern cinema that's kind of championed by like A24 and uh, yeah. and this sort of atmospheric horror thing that's happening right now. Um, and, and you know, obviously Ari Aster came out with Hereditary shortly thereafter, and, and there was The Babadook a couple years prior. And so so there was a lot of these films that I, I felt were using horror elements and and horror uh um themes to explore bigger bigger picture issues kind of like what what we were just talking about um and 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 it's kind of like because i mean my generation of horror movies like like i guess if we go back a decade or two we were in that sort of paranormal activity phase and we were like the sort of like big jump scare um kind of kind of films like very experiential horror films for a little while there. Um, and so, and I, I, I wasn't really into that. I wasn't really moved by them. Um, and so, and so now I've kind of started going back and I've discovered like this sort of wealth of horror cinema. <laughs> um, and then I got cast in anything for Jackson, which just felt like, like the perfect um, kind of kind of step for my career because um, uh, it, it, it was another film that, that was exploring kind of bigger ideas through, through horror. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah. So, I mean, that's to a long story short, that <laughs> is why I picked Midsummer uh, because I saw Midsummer a couple of years ago while I was, in this frenzy of horror love and uh and it was just like the perfect like the perfect thing to come out at the perfect time yeah it's um I know that a lot of people have issues with Ari Aster because they're like oh he gets too much credit for what he does and I was like that man works freaking hard oh my god he works hard he is in I was watching um some YouTube videos and like I watched the Mm -hmm. special features on my DVD and whatnot and I was like, he's in everything. He's into mm-hmm. everything. He is in production. He is in special effects. He is running around everywhere. And he mm-hmm. is just so involved in his projects that it's just 
really inspirational and it really reflects in his filmmaking and yeah. how this all works together like um, yeah and you know some of the actors that were in this film were saying you know every scene is choreographed it's mm-hmm. not just we go in and we yeah. act like there is purpose behind every movement that we make yeah. in this and you can see that in the movie and you're like whoa yeah no I get that like the way they mm-hmm. shut up set up long shots and the way people move across certain scenes or the way that yeah. they stand in juxtaposition to each other it's like yeah it blew my mind like watching the behind the scenes because I was like oh my god it all makes sense <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this term um, uh, uh, in in cinematography called uh, "every frame a painting," um, oh, wow. and and this this film I feel like emulates that so much because it's sort of the idea that you could pause a movie at any point in time and it, it in itself is is composed in such a way that it is is a beautiful piece of art on its own, um, and and that, that's I mean that's the thing I I really uh, loved about this film is. It, the, nothing, nothing is put in this movie arbitrarily. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has been thought through. Um, and, and, you know, like, like it, it starts with Ari Aster, but then it grows to, to like the rest of his team that clearly actually cared about, about yeah. things. I think, I think sometimes uh, the, the things that kind of can, can weaken films um, is an idea is great or, um, you know, some, some of the, th- things that are being explored are really cool, but, um, uh, you know, they, they laxed on the research or, or it's com- completely arbitrary and, and, you know, um, and that, that sometimes happens, uh, in, in the realm of like when, when pagan stuff is being used, yeah. and, um, you know, like, let's just, let's just throw some flowers here and, and some runes there. And we don't actually know what it means. Um, just it and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but in in this film, like every little thing that I zeroed in on had like I c- I could find an explanation somewhere online, whether it was um, the composer talking about it or the the um, or the art or or whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. his filmmaking, uh, filmmaking is purposeful. Even everything mm-hmm. in Hereditary, Hereditary has scarred me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, just that yeah. scene. Wait, no one, you know, jarring for me, and I'm like, oh, no, no one expects that scene to happen. No. I, I mean, if you do, there's something wrong. Yeah, if you mm. are prepared and know that's like you're cool with that scene, that yeah, there's something wrong. Mm. But also the fact that Tony Collette never got an award for her acting in that, so that's well, also yeah, I have a massive yeah. issue with that. I don't know if you've seen like the tweets going around that are always like, give Tony Collette her damn Academy Award. <laughs> and there's like t shirts like, give Tony Collette her award. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I love that. <laughs> it's so good. I think, I, you um, know, I haven't seen that, but I have seen the sort of the sort of rage of of people that that are just like horror films just simply do not get acknowledged in the awards world. And yeah. I and I am starting, like, I am, like, getting real sus because, like, it's, it's one thing, it, like, it's just, like, there's the quality, like, the quality of, perf- uh, it, it, I just, I can't, I can't, yes, yes, I, like, I can't even get into it because there's nothing to say, like, I, like <laughs> that was me in a clubhouse a couple of weeks ago, just, like, I couldn't even put into words how angry I was about the fact mm-hmm. that horror is just completely dismissed as a genre especially when you mm-hmm. have filmmakers like Ari Aster and Rose Glass and um yeah. 
Mia DaCosta, who, you know, is doing Candyman. And I can't remember um, Lily Amapour, who did A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yes, And yeah, she also yeah. did Bad Batch. I don't know if you've seen Bad Batch. It's so I funny. haven't seen Bad Batch. <laughs> it's really good. It's about cannibals in, like, this dystopian future. And uh, Jason Momoa's in it without a T-shirt on a lot. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, let's just note that. Let's just, you know, just, selling just so you know, I'm pretty sure um, Chris Hemsworth is in it as a cult leader as well. So... <laughs> amazing and i'm like why does not everybody know about this film mm-hmm. so yeah i will i will praise that film to high heavens because i really enjoyed it noted noted yeah it's a bit brutal but <laughs> it's good um so let's dive into the film i will yeah. um i'll just do let's get started so <laughs> okay okay cool okay i need to do a content warning before we dive into the actual film so i'm gonna give some info and then i'll do all right, bit. do your thing, girl. Okay, so Midsummer is a 2019 folk horror film written and directed by Ari Aster, starring Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, Wilhelm, Wilhelm? Uh, Bl- I can't even say his last name, Blomgren? I've, I've butchered that, I'm sorry. Alora Torchia, Archie Madakawe, and Will Poulter, who I have a Will Poulter because I've seen him in so many films and he always plays the douchebag and I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so the film follows a group of friends who travel to Sweden for a festival that occurs once every 90 years, only to find themselves in the clutches of a Scandinavian neo-pagan cult. <laughs> Fantastic. Sounds tasty. Oh, it's just <laughs> so good! <laughs> so, um, the film... I. Why didn't I write the budget? I don't think it had a massive budget, but it grossed $47 million and received positive mm. reviews from critics. Um, obviously, many praising Astor's direction and Pew's performance, who, like, she's just... Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's just... Yeah. But, oh, I just fell in love with mm-hmm. her from this movie. I had actually never seen her in anything until really? this. Really? I I uh, saw her um, in her, um, I don't know if it was her debut film or it was just sort of the film that like really kind of uh, put her on the map with Hollywood or whatever. Um, but I saw her in a film called Lady Macbeth, um, which is, which is, have, have you seen it? No, but Ari Aster okay. saw her in that and was like, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. A, it is a, a very fascinating film. Um, I, I, if I recall correctly, it's 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 sort of like a conception of like what, like like she isn't Lady Macbeth. It's not like it's not like the story of Macbeth from from Lady Macbeth's perspective or anything. It's okay. almost like if you take Lady Macbeth as a character and plop her into this um this situation um before she became lady macbeth like ah. before she married macbeth it's a oh it's very oh it's great <laughs> i love the story of macbeth um because mm. there's been so many so you've got your like normal macbeth movie but then you have the one they did like a couple of years ago i i i wanted to watch it i, I like it, it, yeah i <laughs> it's like i need to see it. switch off mm-hmm. kind of movie i know a lot okay. of people probably didn't enjoy it but I have a tendency to really enjoy bad movies and like people are like, why do you like that? And I'm like, cause it's amazing. Like, um, what is it? Uh, like, oh, I can't even think of it right now. doesn't matter. And it's, it's, um, uh, it's got Hugh Jackman and he's the vampire hunter. 
Oh, why can't I think um, of it? Oh, is it Van Helsing? Yes. Was it that one? Yes. I, I thought that, that was a very cool movie okay. when I was like, when I was like 14, yeah, I wanted to be, <laughs> I loved that movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if I watched it back now, I'd be like, oh, no, I oh still dear. love it. <laughs> that scene where he's like in the courtyard and he's got like his um like uh arrow gun and he like dips it in the holy water and it's like a slow-mo to the the harpies i was like yep i love that scene <laughs> that's fabulous that's sort of like that movie's sort of like a, a a weird like steampunk gothic horror um yeah. i think that's why i like <laughs> all it. kinds of fun yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's got a lot of goodies in there. And um, the um, actress who is from, uh, she plays the the daughter of the, she plays the daughter in it. But she's in, I'm pretty sure she's from, um, mm-hmm. oh, I've got the worst memory. Anyway, <laughs> I'll find it and send it to you and be like, huh, this one. Alrighty, alrighty. <laughs> so, um. Astor's references mm-hmm. for this film were Black, Black Narcissus, Narcissus, which was 1947, Hard to Be a God, Macbeth, 1971, which I watched in school, and Tess, 1979. So there's like a lot of gothic horror, which is, mm-hmm. um, and, and religious horror too, to an extent, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. I've seen Macbeth has that God aspect and mm-hmm. that ego aspect as well. So it's really interesting. Yeah, and also uh, uh, Wicker Man. I, yes. I assume I've seen some references to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's like, "Oh, it's a big nod to Wicker Man," but in everything I've read, Ari Aster doesn't talk about Wicker Man. So I'm like, "Really? I mean, I've seen Wicker Man, and it's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, there's definitely some inspiration." There. Yeah. But that actually, you know what? I hadn't I hadn't seen in my research uh, that uh, that list of uh, of stuff that he cited as his references. I, yeah. and I haven't seen any of those on the list which means now now i need to go watch them and be like okay so what did arias mm-hmm. see in these films <laughs> mm-hmm. um so a little bit of a content warning uh we will be talking about suicide throughout this film so if it's not for you please uh just you don't have to listen to the rest of the episode because uh i don't want you to feel unsafe by the content of this film but i'm, I'm assuming most people know that midsummer might not be for them <laughs> mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the film opens Ooh, cool. with a beautiful mural. Um, yeah. Which I like. Let's just talk about the mural. Yeah. Like, let's, let's just let's just get started <laughs> let's with the mural. Of mural. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what I found really disorientating about this is that they move from right to left, not left to right, and I'm like, oh, I feel sick <sighs> watching this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Immediately, you're like, oh, oh, and he does that a couple times in yeah. uh, in the in the film. Yeah, so this is um, images of the, f- and then after, sorry, there's the mural of the painting, um, and it's mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of different rituals and whatnot, but it's actually foreshadowing for the rest of the film, because yeah, it is what happens if in you, the film. If you look at it, it's, it's literally the entire plot of the movie is yeah. laid out in this mural, and in this um, sort of fairy tale looking um, aesthetic, um, yeah. but like other than the fairy tale aspects it's 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 literally it's the movie um which is which is kind of fun and fascinating to see after after your first watch of it and you go back and you're like oh yeah and i think you know Ari Aster has been pretty open um uh since the film came out that that he didn't really 
you know, obviously studios and, and audiences or whatever um, are going to call this a horror movie because you got to kind of slot it into a genre. But he has been really open about considering it um, a fairy tale film, a sort yeah. of modern fairy tale. And I think that that this um, this mural at the start obviously like instantly en- encompasses that. And it is a really um, like thinking of the story of this film, um, you know, it, 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 it truly is. I mean, you start with, with the, your princess as it were is like, you know, uh, trapped in this darkness, um, uh, you know, and in, in her case, it's, 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 you know, PTSD and, and depression and, and, and whatnot. Um, and, and then, you know, she's got her handsome prince and they, they're whisked <laughs> off to this magical land. Um, and, and, <laughs> and then like um you know interesting things ensue and and in the end or actually no so she's not a princess at the beginning and then in the end you know becomes becomes a princess it just sort of doesn't necessarily play out um how we would nicely. expect <laughs> <laughs> they don't play nice in this film let's, let's yeah. say that yeah um and it, well, just on that note, on the yeah. whole, like, kind of fairy tale aspect, um, I, I read a really interesting thing um, uh, from the the composer of the film, um, uh, Bobby Krillick, who who goes by yeah. the the stage name uh, Haxon Cloak. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering um, why I saw that in my research, <laughs> and I was like, "Who's that?" Like, that's a cool name. Right. Um, <laughs> and I. Uh, and and he actually said that that when when Ari told him that uh, you know he wanted it to be a sort of fairy tale, he started um, in his research sort of listening to a lot of um, sort of old Disney movie music and and that sort of era of um, um, of, of movie music. Um, and and you can you can actually really hear it in some parts of the film. You, you could literally close your eyes, and if you kind of forget what you're watching, you could literally imagine sort of a, 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 a like swirling ballroom of of yeah. dancers uh, in like a Cinderella film or something. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note, the music um, I like I said to you before is very disorientating for me, but I know mm-hmm. that that's the purpose of the music in this yeah. to add this kind of um contrast to what you're watching um Mm -hmm. there's lots of high notes there's lots of like um flat and sharp notes played throughout it and I'm just like I think Mm -hmm. it takes me back to my orchestra days where I'm like no I don't like the sound of that because you're off your your tone is off but (laughs) but it does make sense in the context that it's in and and did you feel there's this sort of like like I mean I um I, I, I'm bad at talking about music, so I'll, I'll just oh, say too. how it felt. <laughs> um, but there's a sort of like a, a, a like a, a brashness to to the music, particularly at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, it's very harsh on you, and and that's where a lot of those kind of like flat, uh, icky kind of feeling in the music yeah. is happening, all in that sort of dark winter space where we open the film, and then yeah. it changes. But maybe we should save that for when for when yes, we get to okay. <laughs> Because um, at the opening of the film, um, when we do meet Danny, she is leaving her parents a voicemail, um, basically mm-hmm. checking up on them because she got quite a cryptic email from her sister. At this point, we don't know what her sister has sent her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see her yeah. parents asleep in their bed. There's We think nothing of the situation. But obviously there's that doom and gloom feeling because of the, the colouring that's in that scene, yeah. um, the music that is behind it. Uh, Danny, what Danny is saying, 
Yeah, there's there's a, certainly a, a, a huge amount of tension just being conveyed through Florence Pugh's uh, performance there, where where she's just clearly uh, very anxious and very yeah. distraught, and and is trying to kind of uh, figure out what's going on. Yeah, she um, that's the whole film for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so Denny calls her partner Christian, who. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, oh, I could do a whole episode just on talking about just how on trash Christian. Christian is. <laughs> um, so he's hanging out with his friends, Josh, Mark, and Pele, and they're uh, anthropology students. So um, mm-hmm. they're talking at the time um about their trip to mm-hmm. sweden oh and wait wait so before um before we even get to see them you know poor danny has this like f- like tear-filled phone call with her um her, with her girlfriend talking oh, about Christian like first and then yeah, she gets off the phone and calls her girlfriend and yeah like, yeah and you know i'm leaning on him too much i oh. you know i i'm i worry that i'm you know and her friend is sitting there like you know what? he's he's your boyfriend of like four years this is his job like yeah. <laughs> you know it's you know if he can't handle it then then that's the his problem kind of thing yeah. um and and you know you're kind of immediately you realize something you know something not great about this situation because you know, she's very, very concerned about what's going on with, with this mysterious message from her sister. Yeah. He dismisses it as mm. like, you know, she's being melodramatic, you're being crazy. And then immediately, you know, while Danny is anxious about this situation with her parents, she's also now anxious about, you know, her situation with Christian Putting and him bothering out. him. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's some <laughs> real big red flags already. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is, like, Christian constantly... Um, treats her in a way that everything is her fault and that she's doing this to herself and offers no support, no solace, no reassurance. And so we can see why Denny is an anxious person. Uh, I can't remember a podcast talked about the toxic relationships in this film and it was really interesting. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. Christian is a sack of shit. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, uh, one of those examples where like um, in (laughs) – in horror, uh, the, the like I mentioned a little bit earlier, like the monster is not always the actual monster, right? And in this yeah. film, there's there's plenty of horrifying aspects, but one of the horrors of this movie is is gaslighting and is yes. is you know <laughs> um, that behavior in a relationship and and the toxicity in a relationship is, is the horror itself of the film. And, and it, it manifests in many ways uh, as yeah. we move forward. The really scary thing is Denny's codependency on Christian. Yeah. And yeah. I was listening to the horror virgin and they were talking about how Denny's codependency basically moves from Christian to the cult. And there's never really any like her transforming into her own self and Ooh, like that's an interesting like, perspective wow. yeah yeah so her codependency just shifts and it's like yeah. yeah yeah it really does she leans on these people now to offer her mm-hmm. this reassurance that she needs and this um like uh I don't know like support that she never saw yeah. in Christian that she was kind of probably hoping she'd get from him <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um yeah. 
But yeah, on that note, and I've got so many little notes in my in my little butt <laughs> on my in my little um, I, I like noted the kind of a summary of the movie, and each time that like Christian did something, I was just like, and here's <laughs> Christian being shitty again. Oh, um, what a surprise! <laughs> um, but let's let's introduce the audience here to um, uh, Christian and his friends now. Yes. So, <laughs> so they're at, um, so this is like a um. They're swapping between Danny's conversation with her friend yeah. and Christian at dinner with um, mm-hmm. Josh Pele and Mark. And they're... Uh... <laughs> Each of these boys are, like, problematic in their oh, yeah. own way. It's like it's like Aster was like, let's kind of look at, at like, all, like, the different kinds of... Um, problematic men and just (laughs) let's make one of each (laughs) i mean like we've got so we've got like um uh mark who is your sort of uh shallow you know uh, obsessed with just you know sex and 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 he's kind of like your your classic frat boy archetype a little bit (laughs) <laughs> in a funny way you don't because he's the fool he's yeah. the fool in this you know and and so you do kind of have a laugh at at the at the stupidity of what he's yeah. saying um but the others then, are deep i like I, I, I think yeah i think josh is like a fascinating one to kind of like like look at because he he is um uh, you know, not non-empathetic, whatever the proper term is for that. Sociopathic. In- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another way you could put it. Yeah. Um, in a different way than yeah. than Mark. Whereas whereas Mark has this sort of lack of maturity, and he's just sort of like, oh boy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you should break up with her because uh, you know, find someone who wants to actually have sex. She's like abusing you with her baggage. You got yeah. Josh, who 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 can pretend that he is actually a decent person because he's a, he's this academic. And so he gets away with, you know, having absolutely zero empathy because he's got, you know, more important, um, you know, matters on his mind, (laughs) which is not okay. Like (laughs) who is just like manipulative in his own way. Pele is kind of fascinating to me because yeah, so in this complex. introduction scene, in this introduction scene, um, uh, it, he he's quite quiet and he he is sort of just used as like a little bit of a like while the guys are talking, he's sort of used as just a little bit of a vehicle to let us know that there's this Swedish trip that these these guys are planning, um, and and then you have Christian at the center oh. of it all, who interestingly enough, compared to these guys, in 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 some ways, I have to say, is is he comes off a little bit as the nice guy, you know, because he's sitting there going like, you know, but I, you know, I can't, you know, she's got these issues and she does, you know, she does see a therapist and stuff, but the nice guy can sometimes be the biggest problem. (laughs) 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 Yeah, absolutely. I, um, he's just so relatable for, I Mm -hmm. think when women are watching this film and be like, Oh my God, I've dated someone this stupid. Like this yeah. heartless, this callous, this yeah, the nice guy. And I mean, like yeah. my partner is the nice guy, but he's genuinely the nice guy. <laughs> a nice so I'm person. Lucky. And you know <laughs> what? The, nice you know, screw you, Ari, for casting like nice, Jack Rayner, who has like the kindest eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's all, a sweetheart. He's like a puppy models. dog. Yeah, yeah, he is like like. So you look at him, and and he's your like he's the perfect like you know prince for us to to have every reason to want to like and and just you know oh man 
<laughs> like, I mean, well, we'll get into, we'll get into each example of, of the problems with, yeah. with his behavior, you know, as we is, go here. The funny thing is with this fairy tale aspect that Ariasta has, when you look back on Disney princes, how mm-hmm. gaslighting and manipulative <gasps> are most of them? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Charming, um, whatever the guy is in Snow White, like all of them are problematic. <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yuck. Yeah, yeah. So um, I love that Ariasta does come out and he's like, yeah, it's a fairy tale for adults. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. And and I mean, you know, we're, we're automatically introduced to this problem here where like Christian is talking about how he wants to break up with her. Yeah. And and he, he, the only reason he's not is because she's in pain. And it's just like, that's already like a... Um, uh okay mm. so so let's no, I, and so then the next thing happens yeah then yeah. he gets a call uh, like a follow-up call from danny well before and that it's... danny gets a phone oh. call from an unknown <gasps> number yes. yeah and we do yeah. see the scene of her parents yeah. death and it's quite um real like i could imagine somebody actually doing this to people and themselves mm-hmm. and i think that that's what hit the hardest where i'm like oh whoa people do do this and I think Mm -hmm. Ariasta has taken such a realistic approach to this it's not just a Mm -hmm. typical like oh I shot my parents and then shot myself it's a really brutal and gruesome suicide yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 that's actually um uh if I recall correctly that's sort of like the first time that we get the like um significant amount of music in in the story we get those harsh harsh strings right um and and we see this kind of like slow motion of these firefighters moving through the house which we we had seen a shot of at the beginning of the film and it looked like her parents were sleeping yeah and you realize what's happened you realize that that her sister her sister has has murdered her like or uh, committed suicide herself and and killed her parents in the process um through gassing the house um and it's uh, it's it's a it's horrifying it's it's yeah, a horrifying that, um, that image. shot when they're going up the hallway um to terry's bedroom mm-hmm. and you see that she has taped the mm-hmm. tube to her mouth she so she yeah. Um, has died not only from carbon monoxide inhalation, she's also choked on her own vomit. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's really horrifying. That, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, whoa. Yeah. Like, uh, that's really, yeah. in, like, I, like that, um, I'm not jarred by a lot in films until mm-hmm. it's put in such a context of the shot where I'm like, oh, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it and you, sits there and you're like, oh, yeah. can you move the camera? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, Ari Aster, um, I, w- I was listening to some podcast interview uh, that he, he had done um, and he, he talked a lot about how um, he wanted to use uh, the film to, to encapsulate the feeling of, um, of a breakup. Um, and, and he was talking about how you can see a breakup in a movie or you can see, you know, breakups happening to other people, but certain, like, like certain traumatic breakups, um, when they happen to you can, can be like life altering and you can feel like completely isolated and, 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 and alone. Um, and, and he talked about how he wanted to, uh, 
essentially emulate the feeling of that pain through the film. And in that way, I feel like all of these images, um, and, and not just, uh, I mean, breakup was sort of the bigger picture of the film, but like, even in this image, um, you know, the, what, what it feels like, you know, to, to lose people loss, um, I feel like his harsh imagery that he uses in in both Hereditary and this film um, is almost like it's like expressionistic art, right? Yeah. Like 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 it's 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 so over the top because it's meant to to emulate the the feeling that we are experiencing inside that is so difficult to explain in words, you know. Yeah. And I think he does that really well. And ugh, I mean, that's just such a minimalist way to say it like i, I feel like i'm minimizing the impact pretty good job <laughs> but no he is just um yeah i think people are very hypercritical of him because he's new and he's young and he's a male and it's like no he's just he is really good at what he does and i really mm-hmm. do like his films um mm-hmm. and yeah i really appreciate um every intention that he has with everything that he creates Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. like watching this film I felt pain like I felt it and like my chest hurts when I watch this film because Mm -hmm. like the way that Florence Pugh um you know gets her grief out is just so animalistic and so um that sort of moan scream cry thing that that he also used um uh in uh in Hereditary yeah um we we saw moments of that and 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 it's just like i i don't remember ever seeing you know a performance like that um yeah. it's it's so raw i i feel like raw is like the, the the best word for those moments yeah because um danny does call christian and all we hear on the other end of the phone is mm-hmm. her just repeating no 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 and mm-hmm. he's like what is going on like yeah yeah and and um, yeah, it's at, at that point we we what we cut to him and her. It's you know this kind of hor- like sad, sad image of her kind of like keeled over, crying, and he's just kind of holding her, you yeah. know, almost dead eyes, not knowing what to do. And then we kind of jump time a little bit at that months. point. Yeah, yeah, we jump, we jump six months, and now it's spring. Um, and from a from a like pagan Wiccan kind of uh, aspect, it's it's <laughs> neat to note the uh, the sort of cyclical. Uh, uh, time uh seasonal sort of nature of this film as well um so we cut to this shot suicide happened in winter and that's when death occurs yes yeah the the symbolism of death and loss and and um and then we transition into spring um which is supposed to be sort of like the yes exactly exactly um I wanted to, I wrote a little like, like fun fact note um, for this next, uh, you know, we were just talking about the, the saddest stuff in this movie, um, but fun fact. Um, so, so we cut to this shot, like, like six months later, it's spring and Danny is still kind of lying in bed. Um, and I, there's this, there's this painting behind her of a, a, a little, I, I assume it's a little girl. It's got little princess of some kind with like a crown and she's kissing a bear um yes. it's a big bear yes. and i was like 
that's something I didn't notice the first time I yeah, watched this. I noticed um, that too. <laughs> but uh, I thought I thought that was just like a fun little bit of like, ooh, we got some foreshadowing here. Which we're um, gonna, and you're going to know yeah. more about that. Yeah, we're going to unpack this bear business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she actually does get out of bed and decide to go to a party mm-hmm. with Christian because like I kind of empathize with him at this point where he's like, I need mm-hmm. to get out of this grief cycle um, mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm sharing it with you, but I need a break. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, she decides to go with him, which I think that that's more of another part of symbolism for that rebirth for her, where yeah. she's like, okay, I'm going to get out of this grief cycle. She's trying. I'm yeah, try. she, she's making the effort. Yeah, so they go to the party, and Ooh. I really love the way they film just focusing on her and her reactions yeah. to things. Like, it's very in on her and I think that this is where we're seeing uh, now her face is changing she's trying to interact she's having some kind of emotional reactions to things I feel like this is our first um our first experience with her uh with her PTSD as it were it's sort of our first glimpse as to where she's at and how she's coping in social situations and 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 when when she's not in her private self. Yeah, one thing that I really noted about this scene is that um the sound behind her is very blurred. Mm-hmm. And so a common trait of PTSD is disassociation. And so you can mm-hmm. kind of see her just like staring off into space. The sound behind her is all blurry. We don't really hear any distinct conversations until yeah. she tunes in at like this one particular moment when they're talking about going to Sweden. And so, yeah. And like, I've disassociated before. It's a coping mechanism. Like I'll do it when I'm really stressed or overwhelmed in certain situations. I don't do it in social situations that much anymore. Thank goodness. But Mm -hmm. because I kind of look uninterested, which I'm not, I just switch off. Like my brain will just switch off and I switch out. I literally can't hear anything. Like I'm in my own little space. And, um, and so when I watch Danny doing this, I'm like, oh, I've been, I've been there. I know how she feels in this situation. And mm-hmm. um, and I've done the whole clicking in midway into a conversation and being like, so what are you guys talking about? And everyone's like, you've been here the whole time. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I literally have mm-hmm. not been here the whole time. <laughs> it's it's really fascinating to, to, to hear from someone uh, that, that you had um, sort of very similar experience and it, and it, it was emulated in the film in such a yeah. way that it felt like what you experienced. I think that's and how really I interesting. Know those things it's yeah. like are experienced by people who disassociate and experience, like have had traumatic childhoods or a traumatic event. So it's, re- it's mm-hmm. I love that Denny also doesn't say anything to him when they're discussing their trip. Oh and, yeah. Um, yeah. She, she waits until she gets home because she doesn't want to inconvenience him in front of his friends. Yeah, and I love that you know she's like, oh, that was weird. And the thing is, like, I she... have brought things up like that as well, being like, well, that was a, a little weird. more than weird, you know. Exactly. <laughs> she is, she is trivializing, trivializing, yeah. and minimizing any mm-hmm. um, any response from Christian. Mm-hmm. So she knows that if she goes in aggressively with that conversation or accuse him of doing something, that it's gonna. Mm-hmm the the consequences of that from christian aren't going to be what she wants and this is this is this scene that happens now is probably the 
uh, sort of boldest um, uh, moment for us? Like, if, if if you were in question as to you know, like like what kind of a relationship this is before, like here it is, like right in yeah. front of your face. Christian literally manages to turn this thing around on her to the point where she's apologizing yeah. to him. What the hell? You know. Um, and he, you know, there's these sort of childish like techniques where he like, you know, threatens to, to leave. Um, and, and, um, and, and, you know, she's, and it's so sad. You, you see her like kind of grab him and, and be like, no, 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 like I, I was wrong. Sit down. Like, let's just talk about it. Um, and, and he's all, you know, being a, uh, being like a grump about it. <laughs> like, how dare, how dare you, you know, confront me about this thing, me leaving for a month and not telling you. Like, <laughs> oh, but the plan was that he was going to be broken up with her before this. Yeah. And yeah. so he wouldn't have to have this conversation. And I think yeah. that he's upset at himself mm-hmm. as well, being like, oh, well, yeah. it's my fault because I didn't break up with her. And now I've got to invite yeah. her. I'm, I'm so reminded, I'm so reminded of, um, that thing that, um, I mean, I'm gonna say guys do it. I'm sure girls do it too. The thing that we do, um, where when a person wants to break up with a person, but they don't have the balls to do it, they just like do things in the hopes that the other person will break up with them and end it. And then they can kind of throw it back. Um, I've certainly experienced that. Um, and when it, when it happened to me, I was young and I didn't like understand what was happening. And so of course I blamed myself, um, and and didn't understand what was going on um but it's it's very um frightening when a person who at one time t- treats you with warmth um uh it turns around and and you have and and you know especially if you're you don't have the the wherewithal to kind of deal with it or see it happening you you do you immediately think well what did i do wrong and and now i need to to you know prove to them that 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 I can do better. Um, So yeah, we see see a lot of that. And you see that with Danny, like in this scene, Mm -hmm. especially that she's desperate not to lose another person. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. want to lose him. She's just lost her mom and her dad and her sister. And yeah, she's she's very alone at this point. Yeah. It's really incredibly sad. And, and I think that she's just grasping onto any kind of um, human connection with someone so that she doesn't, have to physically be alone with herself mm-hmm. and her grief and dealing with that and so by having christian yeah. there he's kind of like a distraction and at least somebody's here like he's a piece of shit yeah. but at least he's here and that's yeah. really sad yeah and i'm sure a truly. lot of people go through that um so i love this next scene when they're at the apartment oh god <laughs> let's go to the boy's apartment now <laughs> like what meatball sex clubs are we gonna go to in Stockholm what is a meatball sex club Mark you know as like we said it already but like like in a tiny way I like friggin love Mark for how ridiculous he is like everything that comes out of his mouth like oh I love him I really he's he is the comedic relief, thank goodness. Yes, yeah. But it's like I said, like it's done with purpose. It's done with intention. Like he's just an idiot, and I mm-hmm. kind of appreciate having him in the film to contrast with, you know, Josh, who is very ambitious and selfish, and mm-hmm. Christian, who's just Aloof. another level yeah. person, and Pele, who is uh, he has his own ulterior motives. Well, yeah, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> Christian 
uh, Denny texts Christian and is like, I'm at your house. Like, come down and get me. And uh, he's like, by the way, I invited Denny to yeah. Sweden. Like, this is a come. great time to let you guys know that that <laughs> way, I've invited her. <laughs> she's not going to come. Don't worry about it. She said yes, but she's not going to come. <laughs> and I was like, you piece of shit. Like, how are you going to oh, prevent God, her? Yeah. And it's like, obviously, he's wrapped up in this whole, don't worry, she'll forget about it. She's dealing with her own shit. I'll leave her here to cope mm-hmm. alone and I'll go yeah. to Sweden and just do whatever there. Um, and so she comes up to the apartment and mm-hmm. Mark, you know, says to Christian, can you just read through some of my thesis for me? Because Mark's obviously yeah. upset because Mark's he's like, not going we to club. Yeah. He's not going to clubs. He's upset. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but this is when we have this kind of great moment where um, it's sort of the first time we see a little bit of Pele. Um, yeah. And and he is is the only one of Christian's friends, uh, fucking Christian included, um, who, who shows Danny uh, quite, quite a bit of warmth. Yeah. Um, he, he sort of, and it's really funny because Josh is also in this room and Danny like tries to talk to him and he's just so like cold and aloof. Um, but uh, yeah, so like Pele kind of calls her over and he explains that, that, you know, they're going to, to his like hometown. And we, we learn uh, through his explanation that it's, it's like a commune in Switzerland or Sweden, sorry. Um, uh, that, uh, I, yes. <laughs> Harga. Um, oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that uh that he grew up in um and and he kind of shows her some pictures and he shows her an image of the may queen and that's when he looks at her there's this great moment where he kind of looks at her with this like i'm not even sure what we can describe the expression as there's almost a sort of like like there's a very loving quality and a sort of very very much warmth when he looks at her and he's looking at the like may queen clearly like some idea is in his mind like, hmm. um yeah, but the thing uh, is, and he also apologizes for her loss. Yes, yeah. First time, the first time, the we first hear time. anyone say I'm yeah. sorry, like and empathize with her. Yeah, because he he lost his parents. He doesn't explain how he does later mm-hmm. on in the film, but he's like, you know, yeah. I lost my mom and dad too. Like, I know what you're going through. And yeah, she kind of uh, he, but she he says, I lost my family, mm-hmm. and. Denny automatically goes into yeah she closes up Mm -hmm. um and this is where we see her get up and she's like I'm gonna go to the bathroom and then there's this Mm -hmm. really cool overhead Mm -hmm. shot where she like walks through the bathroom but she's actually walking into the airplane toilet and has a panic Mm -hmm. attack in there and I was yeah. like, that is really cool. I, I so we like transition. transition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We transition with this panic attack, which is, which is f- like beautiful, beautiful filmmaking right there. Yeah. Lovely love trickery. Um, so mm-hmm. they're on the plane, the, the flame, the flight to Sweden. So she did go, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. And that's another part of her personal growth in a way, mm-hmm. even though we kind of do see her go from like one toxic relationship into another um mm-hmm. we we do see her grow as a person as well and that also triumphs in the final scene too yeah. um and so um they they um arrive in sweden mm-hmm. but this is where i also sorry where i wrote that she went into the bathroom to have a panic attack and i said this happens a lot through the movie where denny hides herself and her grief not to be an yeah. inconvenience to christian or his friends because yeah. that's rejection like she is worried that they will reject her they'll abandon her she doesn't want to inconvenience them 
whatsoever and so she hides mm-hmm. that a lot throughout this film and it's quite um it's really sad because um mm-hmm. grief is isolating and it is loneliness and I haven't personally experienced a lot of personal loss but um a couple mm-hmm. of years ago my partner and I did lose his best friend in a car accident and we oh, both so sorry oh thank you <laughs> it's okay it's um actually coming up to three years this this uh mm-hmm. this May so it's it's around his birthday as well, so it gets really hard. So, mm-hmm. like, we try to celebrate his birthday and it's like, oh, yeah, but... Um, so we both personally grieved in our own ways. And I felt very mm-hmm. isolated because I didn't know how he was feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was re- it, it is a really hard time and you don't want to inconvenience other people with your personal business, even though everybody, uh-huh. you know, everybody does understand what you're going through. And... Um, Denny refuses to acknowledge that she wouldn't be an inconvenience on people. And I think that's yeah. really hard for her because, you know, she's, she, she'd previously been going through her own mental health problems um, because we see that scene where she's talking to her friend where there's, um, I think, anxiety medication that she's taking. Um, mm-hmm. So we know already yeah. that there's something going on previous to her loss. And so she, I think she just like is very, um, yeah, doesn't want to upset the the status quo of being yeah. the mentally ill girl <laughs> yeah for sure for sure she, girlfriend. She, she completely um she goes into her herself and in private spaces for for these very emotional moments and yeah. and it's um and and it's clear that that um she she's not getting any empathy from the people around her at all yet yeah yeah but yeah, that scene at the end where she is publicly grieving, that mm-hmm. is just transformative for me. Where mm-hmm, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. May Queen. <laughs> um uh but uh yeah, okay. So um we they... we are now in, in Sweden. We we kind of get off the plane yeah. and the there's car. this yeah, where there's this really, and of course, Mark, uh, you know, sees some so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Why are the women so, and then fucking Josh, sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to be cursing yeah, on this thing. Right. Um, freaking Josh is just like, well, um, genetically, <laughs> whatever, whatever, uh, this thing that happened. And the it's like, shut up, Josh. The hot ones and bought them here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, shut up, Josh. But, uh, so there's this great, there's this great moment, um, uh, where uh, the, the cinematographer takes the camera and flips it upside down um, as we transition into this new world. Um, yeah. and I, I really wanted to like zero in on this because um, there's, so there's this kind of concept in, in screenwriting um, where uh, when you're kind of uh, transitioning from your uh, act one, where you've set up like the world as we know it, um, the break into act two is supposed to come as like your hero has now entered into a world that is essentially the complete opposite of everything they knew before. <laughs> and this break into act two is like, he just literally did it. He literally turned the world upside down so that we know 
that we are now in in a brave new world, you know? And I, I just thought that that was such fun, like cheeky, um, like on the one hand, just really fabulous, uh, just a fabulous choice to like take us on this disorienting journey. But from like a screenwriting standpoint, just like the most cheeky filmmaker thing. <laughs> Let's make it completely obvious that mm-hmm. this is not what you know anymore. And I, and I, mm-hmm. I, do, I love that because I was like, okay, cool. Yep, the world is upside down. Everything is different. They're literally on the other side of the world as well. So it yeah. makes so much sense. And I, I was like, yep, I really love it. So they park their car. And I'm guessing that they have to do this because where they're going, they can't get to by car. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they have to hike through some forest and whatnot. And this is where they meet Pele's brother, Ingmar, and his friend, Connie and Simon. They're from London. And he offers mm-hmm. them mushrooms, but Denny declines, stating that she just wants to get her bearings first. This is another red flag scene oh. for me where I'm just like, oh, Shut man, up, this one is so troubling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Christian says, I'll wait with Danny. And she's like, no, which, no, no, no. which, you know, you're sort of like, you know, on the one hand, sure, you know, especially from his perspective, is the kind of kind, supportive boyfriend thing oh, to no, do. Except, <laughs> well, except that that he, uh, you know, you get Mark who's just like, well, we can't, you know, we can't, you know, have our 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 trips are going to be off and and yeah. whatever, and and so now she becomes this inconvenience to the group, which yeah. she already feels like because she she's this like that. fifth wheel, um, yeah. whatever, and and she like knows that the guys maybe didn't want her necessarily to come along and so christian here now is like drawing attention to the fact that that she she's you know not going to do it now he's not going to do it because of it which which literally it's like here's this poor girl she she at least was going to um she she was making making strides to take care of herself and i think that that's the saddest things there's these moments where danny makes a choice that would be in her best interest and then it it immediately gets like what's the word like circum circumverted something whatever (laughs) (laughs) it immediately gets like screwed because of uh christian's behavior and his response to it and she ends up making the opposite choice which is probably bad for her obviously yes yeah like and that and that's a response to her not wanting to be the inconvenience and she's you know so she caves and she's like fine ingmar gives her some tea and um, what I really love about this film is that um, it isn't one of those crazy out of this world LSD trips, like where there's heaps of mm-hmm. like weird psychedelic music and imagery. Um, what Ari Aster done has done is made it really, really realistic. And I don't know if mm-hmm. you've done LSD. I have, and <laughs> that it, it is really like that. Like the world is just a little bit altered. There's no craziness. Uh-huh. There's no psychedelic sounds and lights and mm-hmm. stuff. That doesn't happen. It is actually just really chill. And I see. We see uh-huh. that. You know, we yeah. see the trees breathing with Danny. We see Danny. The, the, grass, the grass growing, growing out of her hand. That's kind of stuff yeah. you do see. It's not the, oh, like aliens with three heads. Like, you don't see that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. I'll tell you that much. Um, mm-hmm. LSD is just, uh, it just alters your perception of how you see things. It's not, yeah. So, so in experience. that way, so, so in that way, he, he, uh, in a really cool way, he, he like really created that experience yeah. visually for us. Yeah. yeah Cause we do see <laughs> the, um, uh, like, um, like the world rippling around them. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's, 
not necessarily what you would see. It's mm. all a personal experience. Mm. Um, but I'm just like, Ariaster, have you done LSD? <laughs> Like, I'm totally cool with that, but have you? Because, like, this have is... Have you, though? I get this. Because... <laughs> this, I mean, I... this, this scene has one of my favorite lines, which is Mark going, <gasps> oh, God, it's a new person. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> it's just, like, in the background, there's just, just like, this, really like, man fast. in white just walking by... <laughs> Oh god, it's a new person. Mark I can't do a new person right my now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's hey guys, great. lay down, lay down, it's great. Lay down. <laughs> and I was like, yep, in there. Yeah. And I was like, Mark um, is me just sober. Like, I do that kind of stuff sober. <laughs> but he's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. But there is a point where Pele is um, talking about how they're like family to him. And mm. at the mention of that word, like, Tenny just gets mm. up and she's freaking out of there. And she's the, like... The trip starts going bad. Yeah, yeah real bad just for her. like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, you've used a trigger word. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she starts seeing, like, imagery of her family. Um, she starts yeah. seeing, like, like she thinks that the, this, like, kind of group of people are laughing at her. Yeah, and, and she ends up kind of escaping into... Uh, what is it like? Like the bathroom, and it gets dark. It gets like dark again. Um, for like like a second, and we're in darkness again. Um, yeah, yeah. And she's not having a good time. Behind her, um, for oh god, yeah. Her sister with like the tape to her face, and she just freaks out and gets out of there. And once again, in her panic attack and panic state, she Mm -hmm. leaves into Mm -hmm. the forest Mm -hmm. because she doesn't want to inconvenience anyone. Yeah, and even in her, even on up. drugs. She's like, I, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up passing out in the and dreams of her sister and her parents. Um, mm-hmm. And I love when she wakes up. She's like, "How long have I been here?" And Christian's like, "Oh well, we found you about six hours ago." <laughs> yeah, I was like you just yeah. left her on the ground. Yeah, I was like, wait, so now this poor girl wakes up and she needs to feel like, again, she's a burden. Like, how yeah. long were they waiting for her? Like, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, but I love that they venture into the village and there's all the villagers wearing white and Marxists. Oh, so we're just going to Waco before we get to the village? <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I hope people yeah. who watch this know what Waco is. So... <laughs> I love it. And um so yeah. they're all splitting up and getting shown around the village yeah. and then they and walk past the bear cage. Oh my god, the bear cage. Are we just gonna Are we just not we... gonna talk about the bear? It's uh it's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love, he's like, it's a bear, so just move on. And I was like, I and, and there's like at the cage, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> And there's definitely like all these elements that that upon entering really make you feel like this is just some like pagan paradise, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've got these flutes playing. It's very tranquil. Um, Scenic, uh, it's absolutely yeah, gorgeous. gorgeous. You know, the bright, bright the sunshine. These like natural farms. There's everyone is in white, and there's this lovely moment where like Pele goes to like hug one of the uh, older people from the community, yeah. and they just like hold each other. Uh, it was and so it's, wholesome, and you're just yeah. like, this isn't going to be wholesome forever, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's this very um, uh, there's this quality that I think we associate with with sort of uh, paganism um, and and 
old world, this sort of hippie quality that we, that we, you know, it's freedom and it's, it's all very natural and it's all, you know, so much, so much less um, constrained than, than the sort of Christian values that, that, that uh, yeah. many of us have, have been sort of uh, brought up in, in, in our modern society. Um, and so, so Arya was really playing on, on that with all of this, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's a really magical feeling place. It does. And the, the thing that I really love that I didn't pick up on the first time, but the second, I've only watched this movie two times, but it is like stuck mm. and ingrained, like in uh-huh. my veins. Like I just, it's, mm. and I think that's where we go back to Ariasta's filmmaking, where he mm-hmm. just creates something that you just remember forever, mm-hmm. but you can't help mm-hmm. but remember. It's amazing. <clears throat> But um, it's Arnie or Arn, I'm not too sure, the, the elder that Pele is talking to. And he introduces uh-huh. them to his friends and he says welcome to all of the men, but then says to Danny, welcome home. Yes, Which he is does. Really interesting. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that I is love interesting. That. Um uh, one a uh, couple of fun facts about uh, about this scene that that I read about um, the the costumes apparently um, were all made with um, like like no younger than hundred year old linen. Um, they had like they had like sourced from? this, I'm, and I was like like really was that I mean was that necessary? But I mean it all it's it, it's all like feeding into uh, just just this this world that like you know no detail is missed in in this world that that has been created. Um, so so it's this, these really um, beautiful old white linen um this very crisp uh fabric and and uh cool thing i read about the sound in this um in this aspect too um so so uh, we we said that you know there's this flute playing and there's these sort of wind instruments that kind of make their appearance uh for kind of the first time in the film and um the composer said that um the idea of the the uh wind instruments coming in um had to do with the sort of um they emulated the hive mind concept of, Ooh. of Harga and its people. Um, and so as, um, we move like further into our experience with Harga, um, and, and Danny begins to become more a part of this sort of hive mind that exists, um, the flutes and the wind instruments become more prevalent. Um, oh. and, and it's, yeah. And, and I, the, the second he said, the hive mind idea of Harga, I, it just struck me. I was like, I can't believe I, did, it, I, I didn't think of it in that phrasing before because that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's sort of part of their culture, part of um, what they believe in and the way they express emotion. It's all this this kind of, it's all interconnected. Um, and, um, and there's, I guess this, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Something about um, like unity and, um, oh, I can't think of the word, uh, synchronicity of cult mm-hmm. and cult-like behavior. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Especially in, and, in this, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, it's so... It's so it's this perfect, perfect like serious juxtaposition between all of Danny's loneliness before. Let's enter into this community where people hold each other for for no reason but to feel. You know, it's 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 quite it's quite a little magical place at the beginning. You know, (laughs) I'd live there to be honest. 
honestly, listen, I, I mean, I don't want people to think I'm crazy or anything, but like, it's got some appealing attributes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how, how I'd feel about it when I hit 72. Um, yeah. that's when I'd probably like run away and not be there anymore. I'd leave the cult. <laughs> um, so they find out, because Josh asks about the festivities and they find out that there's mm-hmm. going to be nine days of celebrations during this festival that only happens every 90 years. So mm-hmm. um, basically these types of traditional celebrations do have roots in um, pagan religious history. So pagans mm-hmm. are um, non-theistic, um, poly, uh, it's, I want to say polytheistic, but because they have old gods, but they mm-hmm. don't have one religious, there's no like, god creator he did everything yeah there's this sort of interconnected quality between nature and the similar concepts to like uh when you think of like the ancient greek gods that that represent different aspects of life right um yeah yeah, so all and you know ancient greece was one of the pagan religions so um yeah and and i think ari pulled from from a lot of different ones to get get what he needed to create this don't mention gods Mm-hmm. which is really actually you're right they don't yeah. mention god at all they mention like nature and they mention like their ancestors and like the harvest yeah you know that sort no of thing specific gods mm-hmm. mentioned which is fine like that's okay i'm we just assume that they're um not religious which a lot and mm-hmm. i kind of find that paganism isn't religious it's very it's, oh, it's hard to explain. <laughs> like, it's I can't a, think of the words. It's just Yeah, not... it's it's somewhat spiritual. Uh, yeah. it's, it's sort of a... It's been referred to, you know, paganism, Wiccanism, um, uh, modern witchcraft even. <laughs> uh, like, it's all very... Um, it's it's described as, like, a nature religion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the belief in in gods and and how uh, real or, or however you want to put that, um, it is different kind of from community to community. So it's hard to peg down exactly what it is and organized religion. That's where I'm like, God, like there's a God there, there is an omnipotent being, but whereas, yeah, like you were saying with paganism, it's more spiritual and interconnectedness with nature. And they give that names. They give those. Yeah. I think, I think the word is, um, I think the word is animism when you sort of, uh, give, um, uh, life qualities to uh, everything. The, tr- yeah. the tree uh, has has its own, you know, being to it, and and all that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that throughout this film. So mm-hmm. but they're celebrating the summer solstice, which is common. Like, um, my family really love Halloween, so we're from mm-hmm. Scotland. So, like, um, oh, cool. Samhain means something to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we're not pagan, but it was something that my great grandmother still did when she migrated to Australia so uh every Halloween my dad and I will say you know happy Samhain like we we have a Halloween celebration at my house um my nieces are now involved so it's kind of cool and we're non-religious my family so Mm -hmm. it it makes sense to us to celebrate that because our ancestors did um Mm -hmm. but obviously my nieces still want to go trick-or-treating so we we explain why we don't take candy from the children (laughs) i'd never do that and they dress up but i explain what the importance of halloween is to our ancestors Mm -hmm. and what it meant so and they're like oh okay that's boring um can we go get candy now (laughs) and i was like you'll understand when you're older (laughs) um so they're sitting around uh in a in a circle in the grass denny is they're all still in the clothes that they were wearing and i was like oh Mm -hmm. god 
I oh, yeah. after a flight, I'd want to be out of them. But um, so there's a lot of children running around holding hands, mm-hmm. and Pele says they're playing skin the fool. And one of the older girls, Maya, kicks Christian as she goes by. Oh yes, my Maya. Oh, Maya. Oh. <laughs> I have a lot of issues with um this because of her age. So we find out Maya's only sixteen. And she's oh, recently yes, been yes, given permission to have sex and lose her virginity. So um, ah, like, yes. the legal age in Sweden is of consent is 15. But I was like, okay, so in Australia with consent, uh, girls have to be 16. Boys have to be 17. But you cannot have sex with someone over the age of 18. If you are, I see. If you are 16 and someone is 19, mm-hmm. that is um, carnal knowledge like Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. be charged and sent to prison for that even if it's consensual Uh so like i don't know if that's the same in sweden or in other places Mm. around the world um but for me when i know that i was like oh that's big no no here (laughs) 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 i was super cringe on that i was like "Uh." um so pele is encouraging them to join in with the with the children playing skin the fool and christian decides he's gonna go chase after maya and Mm -hmm. pele just says you're an American. Jam yourself in there. Like, oh God! I remember that line. And I remember thinking, "Oh, true, yeah, true." <laughs> so um, yeah, no, no, no. apt. <laughs> um. So Pele gives Denny a drawing of her wearing a flower crown and wishes her a happy birthday. She yeah. says, "Don't worry, Christian's forgotten about it." Um. I didn't remind him that it's my birthday. Like, yeah. You've been together for four years. Like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's no excuse. She's like, all oh, the days, you know, um, yeah. the flight, you know, making up all mm-hmm. these excuses for why it's her fault that her own boyfriend didn't remember yeah. her birthday. Yeah. Um, and so later on, they're talking with Connie and Simon about how everybody met each other. We find out that Connie went on a date with Pele. Pele thought they were dating. and Connie Not like, Pele, um, Ingmar. Uh, Ingmar. Ingmar, sorry. yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> so he's like, oh, oh, it wasn't a date. And so that kind of plays into why Ingmar has bought Connie and Simon to yeah. the event. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like, once you realize what happens later on, you're like, oh, oh. God, he really was not cool Impressed. with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Connie asks, how long have you been and, together? Mm-hmm. And Christian says, three and a half years. And Danny's like, no, we've actually been together for four years and two weeks. Mm-hmm. Which he completely dim- dismisses because two weeks yeah. ago was their anniversary and yeah. that was when they were discussing oh, their trip yeah. to Sweden. Right. You're totally right. I was wrong. Um, it's it's inter- I, I'm so glad that the, uh, the use of Connie and, and Simon here because they are uh, very much, um, they're very much the opposite of a, of like Danny and, and Christian here. Yeah. Like they're, they uh they're engaged they are very much in love they're always holding each other and and there's like a chillness to it like there's a like a really like you know these these two people are are very yeah very in sync um and it it kind of just you know just (laughs) another thing to make danny and christian look so cold you know yeah and that's not on Danny. Oh, well, it is a little bit on Danny because she could literally leave. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that sounds so hard. I should not say stuff like that. But there has been opportunities for growth for her to be like, is this where I want to be? And mm-hmm. it's really heartbreaking because I know that in manipulative relationships, people don't leave. They don't realize and, that and this you, is you, Yeah, it becomes a... Um, 
you know, like, like, uh, like blinders are on, you know, yeah. you, you don't, you, you become unable to see the options outside of this thing. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like a very frustrating cyclical, uh, oh, yeah. situation. <laughs> Definitely been there. And it's like, mm-hmm. afterwards, when you reflect, you're like, oh my God, like I saw all the red flags. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Um, man. So they're shown to a communal sleeping area, and this is where we find out that children are considered well, you're a child until you're 18, and then Mm -hmm. you move on to like different state. There's four stages in the life of someone from Haga. Um Mm -hmm. where you do go on your um what is it? A a pilgrimage or something? The pilgrimage, actually that's the the right word. That's the word he uses. Yeah. Yeah. And then you come back and you work. And then when you turn 72, that's when your life cycle ends. And Josh is like, mm-hmm. oh, what happens? <laughs> and, but they don't, Pele does not answer yeah. that. Um, he, but- ma- he actually makes a joke that is not a joke because he goes like, he like, he does that thing across his neck, oh, like, right. you yeah. know? And like, <laughs> he like basically straight up tells them you die. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, everyone thinks he's just kidding around. Um, but, uh, in this same moment, uh, we get, um, uh, another one of these fabulous tapestries, um, right. Um, because Connie, yeah, yeah, Connie and Simon have like a little moment, um, uh, away from the group and they ask, um, uh, Ingmar, I think it was, um, oh, what's this? And he just goes, oh, a love story. And what we see is this, this kind of, um, uh, tapestry, um, of images in which, uh, a girl, uh, sees a, a guy falls in love with him uh goes home um creates a a brew of um here we go hey we're getting into this tough stuff now oh. she creates a, a brew of pubic hair and, and um, blood. period blood yes yep <laughs> um and then he drinks it and falls in love with her um yeah. is under her spell um and uh, uh, yeah, so that's just a, a fun little thing that we get to see, and then we move on, and it comes back later. Yeah. <laughs> so that night they're all getting ready for bed, and Pele says we got to go to sleep because tomorrow we have the atestupa. Atestupa. And Josh knows what this is. Mm-hmm. He's an anthropology professor, almost. Yeah. And yep. it's like he knows, but he doesn't fucking tell anybody else. And that's the no, thing no. He Why would he? Any. Why would he? Josh is too above, you know. <laughs> he has gone through something incredibly fucking traumatic um, mm-hmm. that is very similar to what the Etastupa is, and yeah. he doesn't tell her. And I was like, "You sack of shit!" I can't <laughs> tell. I'm. I get so angry at this scene because I'm just like, mm-hmm. "You're an ass." Like you could have just told her. Like, you could have prepared her. Like, Pele mm-hmm. could have prepared her. And he yep. kind of manipulates yep. her after this event and was like, oh, I just mm-hmm. wanted you to enjoy this moment with my people. And it's like, oh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the next day they joined um, the entire community at a feast. And two elderly people make their way out of this giant yellow triangle structure that previously Pele had basically said, this is a sacred building. You aren't to go in there. Like, don't go mm-hmm. in there. Um, it's for us only. um so they're all standing around and mark's like can we sit and eat and he's like we'll sit down and eat when the time is right (laughs) just like i'd be so yeah at this point (laughs) i'd be like eating my food like putting it in my mouth (laughs) you you start to get introduced to the more um uh 
you know, you know, we, we see Harga as this very like um, free loving kind of place so far. But now you start to get introduced to these aspects um, almost of like like religious seriousness, you know, like this, this very like, this is how we do it. And it must be done this way. No questions asked kind this is of thing. Ritual. This is this, yeah. this is like they're more structured activities and parts of their mm-hmm. celebrations and it's it's really interesting because um they bring out the yilva and the laborer so these are these two particular important people in this whole mm-hmm. ritual and they're performing a breathing exercise and a recantation recantation of scripture mm-hmm. um so this kind of ritualistic breathing um is kind of common in human history i just read about this earlier so we have things like the mori haka which is a synchronized tribal dance and they kind of use ritualistic breathing in this as well Mm -hmm. um and it's to like kind of build hype and anticipation for an event but then in other cultures it's kind of used to induce a trance so um Mm -hmm. catholic ceremonies through the vatican use like um breathing to like uh for meditation um and then it's theorized that some ancient Greek religious rites used breath work um, basically to slow breathing and lull someone into a hypnotic state. So Midsummer's oh, rituals that's include cool. both. They do I didn't both. even know that, and I am Greek. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's only theorized. It's not concrete. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, So and because Midsummer do use psychedelics as well in their rituals and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they also do use breathing. You see Maya at the start before playing Skin the Fool in the mirror, and oh, she yes. takes a big breath. It's that really fabulous, <gasps> Yeah, that like happens throughout there, the film yeah and so they yeah they use like a mix a combination of both like for their um uh for their psychedelic rituals and also preparing and an, like um hyping themselves up to go and do something mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i thought that was i i love that um like i've done a lot of i did some anthropology subjects at university and they were some of my favorites so i really enjoyed them and i was like yeah I wish I went through with anthropology because I just find it so fascinating. It, it really is. It's so there's there, there's so much. I just read I I, I just read Sapiens. Um, <laughs> yeah, and 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 it was like just my. Uh, so many things I I, it just never occurred to me that I didn't really know much about and had always sort of wondered but never thought about looking into (laughs) there's so much I mean there's a lot of human history you know it's amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's why I went and studied sociology because I was like oh I just love people like I I Mm -hmm. need to know all about society and how we work the only unfortunate thing is that we only learn about western society and social science and I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. that's boring because I don't really care about that that much. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's I mean, it's, it's actually the same reason why I went into acting. Right. Like like this idea of being able to explore um, human nature yeah. and being able to explore, you know, what what pushes people to do the things they do and what our motivations are. Um, and, and, you know, that is something that, that, you know, goes back all the way to the beginning of humankind. Right. Yeah. Um, it's very, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> it blows my mind. My, um, my dad's a massive history nerd. And so Ooh. I love having discussions with him about this kind of stuff. Cause I'm just like, what do you think dad? <laughs> what yeah. do you think about it? Uh, so yes, this is, <laughs> This scene I actually really love. Yeah. Uh, the way it's composed, the way um, people's reactions are captured, 
everything. So we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. into that. Um, yeah. So the elders are actually ca- carried on these chairs up to this edge of a cliff. And- oh, okay. Wait, before we get to that, I wanted yes. to point out, so uh, the, the sitting formation that they're in. Oh, yeah, that um, um, Yeah, it's, it's a rune. Uh, okay. So this is uh, one of the first times, but it's certainly not the last that we see. Um, and I think there's also like a, a reference Josh makes to it mm-hmm. um, as well. And it's all scattered throughout their, their sleeping place is these runes. Um, and I'm not a specialist on runes or anything, um, but um, th- these ones, uh, the, the, the runes are, um, sort of a um, old Nordic uh, Scandinavian um, alphabet, like pre-Latin, um, okay. and each rune um, has a, um, a a name, uh, a given sound, and uh, a given meaning. Um, and so, in in some ways, it's 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 used as an alphabet, and in other ways, just the rune itself has meaning in itself. Um, and we get. Um, uh, I, I, I kind of took a note of like a couple runes that we see um, because again, Aster doesn't miss anything. No, um, everything he places is is purposeful. And so a lot of the runes that we see throughout the place um, are on various people that are um, appropriate to whatever. Um, so like we see a bunch that mean community, um, matriarch is, is on the kind of le- leading woman's uh, uh, clothing. Um, but a couple that are fun to note um, is uh, later on on Christian's um, clothing is um, this rune called the Tiwaz, which is um, uh, related to the god Tyr, um, uh, and and supposedly uh, sort of it, it encapsulates the meaning of sort of like uh, masculine energy and, and masculine power. Um, and in um, on Danny's clothes, she wears um, a couple of them. One is called a Rado, and the other is called a Dagaz. Um, and the two of them mean um, like a journey, um, as well as uh, uh, like new beginnings and wow. awakening um, and whatnot. And so there's just wonderful little details so that cool. like, God, like if you just happened to know what runes mean, you just get a real kick out of this movie like, this because awesome. it's, <laughs> there's, these, there's all these little secrets that are sort of dropped in in the art uh, of this film that, wow. that tell you exactly what is going on, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's yeah, it's really cool. Because I didn't doubt that that symbol and that sitting foundation, like um, formation had meaning. I just didn't know what it meant. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and like, like figure out what all of them mean. I would <laughs> hazard that that particular one means something along the lines of like dining or com- community, community and that yeah. sort of thing yeah <laughs> yeah so after their um yeah. meal their feast or whatever they're doing they're they're carried up to the cliff and everyone is standing around below everyone's quite calm um mm-hmm. so i guess danny and christian don't anticipate anything bad happening until um well Sorry, previous to that, the elders actually cut open their hands and wipe their blood on this on a stone covered in runes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah. that means, but it obviously means something along the lines of like sacrificing myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, my blood returning to my community or something like that. And so the Yulva throws herself off the cliff and she lands spot on perfectly on the rocks below and dies on impact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just yeah. And of course, I mean, I mean, all yeah. the Harga people are, are, you know, just taking this in. Yeah. Um, and, and to them. <laughs> all of our, all of our newbies, um, our Americans and, uh, Simon and Connie, they just start 
freaking out you know yeah. uh it's particularly simon and connie they start yelling things um like really kind of freaking out danny is, is obviously of course having a more private Paralyzed. experience <laughs> yeah. yeah um and then there, there's christian who whose reaction to this we might i don't know discuss a, a little bit after because yeah. it, it's uh and josh is just fucking writing notes and I'm like yeah of course freaking Josh writing his notes yeah yeah um but then yeah the laborer throws himself off feet first like bro come on man like you must have seen this before like you gotta know that that's not a good idea not feet first um and this Uh. just because like bones breaking is like my gross thing in horror movies where I'm like, yeah. oh, I just can't deal with bones breaking. So hearing that impact yeah. uh, was yeah. horrible. And um, so when he lands, he's like groaning in pain. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then it's his actually, so I have a theory. Here, go ahead. Go ahead. He's <laughs> actually dead. But the thing is that um, with that kind of head trauma, your central nervous system hasn't caught up to the impact yet. And so oh, wow. animalistically, oh. your central nervous system will release groans. Wow. Yes. Uh, That's my dad interesting. has seen it happen. My dad was a police officer and he saw oh, a car, he went to a car accident where he did see uh-huh. this happen, where the guy was technically dead, but his central nervous system hadn't shut down. And so he's still letting out like these moans of pain. And that's how I kind of interpreted this scene Mm -hmm. where, um, and that's where the unity of the community, the unity of the community comes in. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's when they, yeah, that's when they all start groaning and moaning. And and it's the Mm. first time we see that sort of hive mind really come into play that everyone in this community experiences feelings together, you know? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So I have a theory that he is, definitely dead but i feel um, like it's it's that's a nice that's a nice hope to have you know yeah. like it's, it's, it feels better to to believe that at yeah, the very it does, least where i'm like oh he's mm-hmm. he's definitely dead uh but they bring mm-hmm. in um the finishing sledgehammer which fun fact about this sledgehammer they auctioned it off so a24 <gasps> auctioned oh my God. this hammer off to raise funds for the new york fire department and oh my god i was like that's oh great. my god i need this in my house and mm. then people would come over and be like what's that and i was like oh that's what they used to bash the old dude's head in in midsummer and people would be like yeah what <laughs> why do you need that why don't mm. why don't i need that is my question yeah true so they sold true. it for twenty five thousand us um which is about mm, thirty thousand australian um i don't have that kind mm. of money only on my yeah no not not to yet. drop not to drop on a hammer you know no. <laughs> they did sell the uh the main queen dress as well which I think went oh, for cool. quite a hefty that's like something that I would want something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes and it I was just like that is, but all the money went to the New York Fire Department and I was like that's really cool oh, that's great yeah. that's great that was oh, really cool. you know what I'm just remembering a note on Atishtupa um yes. if I'm you know hopefully pronouncing it correct um I, I I like I was curious about this um because I know that that um they had done a lot of research and obviously Aster was pulling from not just Swedish um uh, paganistic practices but kind of Germanic yes. yeah. even UK and and whatnot so I was curious apparently this uh this particular practice um 
is traced to um, this like epic, like Scandinavian poem, like, I don't know what era, but one of them old poems, you know, Um, and uh, in the story of it, um, it's, it's this idea that the, um, uh, the, the elderly people, um, you know, kill themselves um, to unburden the community, um, you know, once they reach an age in which they, they would need to be taken care of. Um, uh, However, um, there's like an argument kind of in the anthropological world as to like whether or not this was a practice that was actually practiced or yeah, you know, if this was just something that, that kind of made its appearance in in like a fictional thing. And I think, I I think that's just kind of interesting to to note to that, you know, where it came from and and what it is. So it's actually Icelandic. Icelandic. It's called um, Bortrek's Saga. Mm. And it talks about Norway, uh, Norwegian and Scandinavian practices. Um, but basically, yeah, there's like no, no real knowing of whether it's an actual practice or not. But the mm-hmm. Nords did practice something similar called death cleaning. And Ooh. it's basically, yeah, shedding the burden of the elderly. Um, they give themselves willingly. Um, and it's done in sacrifice to Odin. And so, yeah, they get to go and like live. Oh, wow. Uh, whatever. Uh, what's... Where do you go in Norse ooh, mythology? Ooh, ooh. Um, um, <laughs> oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, um, I don't know. I'm looking it up. I'm doing it. Uh, uh, okay, Norse heaven. <laughs> Let's <laughs> see what comes up. <laughs> oh, God. Valhalla. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, I was like, that's nice in theory, but the whole nice idea. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. kill myself. But um, obviously, Danny is shocked to her core about this. Um, and when mm. they're walking back from the... Oh, well, sorry. Previous to that, Connie and Simon are outraged. Ooh. And um, mm-hmm. Sniff, who is the matriarch, is explaining to them that that's a part of their culture and way of life and that they did this with joy in their hearts and it's to give back to the community and that the next unborn child will carry the name of Yolva. Mm-hmm. And that when mm-hmm. she turns 72, she's going to do the exact same thing with joy and pride as a hugger mm-hmm. so i was like yeah and it's, it's okay. kind of cre- it's kind of creepy because i'm like that is kind of beautiful you know what if i go feet first you know yeah. Uh, yeah. there's this there's this really interesting um kind of with every horrifying thing we're presented with in this community we're presented with this really sort of beautiful kind of uh, natural idea behind it um and it just yeah. makes it all the more conflicting you know yeah because you're just like do i like this or is it really completely and utterly creepy yeah <laughs> uh, on another note okay i remember um when midsummer came out there were so many people that were like it's not even a horror movie. It's funny. Like, and I'm like, listen, yes, it's funny. Yes. It's set in the daytime, but are you telling me that you weren't horrified by that man getting his head squashed? You know, like you got issues. If you don't think this is a horror movie, you know, and not just that scene, the end scene as well. Oh yes. Yeah. As if you don't, this is a horrific tale. This is a horrific mm-hmm. fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah Connie and Simon moving right along. <laughs> but um, Danny and Christian are walking back with the villagers mm-hmm. and Danny goes to trail off and Christian's like, yeah, go be alone with yourself. 
like mm. doesn't even try to comfort her yeah. he's just like oh whatever um mm. so but when she makes it back to the sleeping quarters Pele follows her in and he's yeah. like trying to be there for her and explains that you know I lost he thinks it's all about the, her parents and how she feels about mm-hmm. that not the fact that she just saw two people yeah like yeah take their own lives like yeah it's connected mm-hmm. but like that's a horrific mm-hmm. event on its own yeah um, but in many ways he doesn't like he doesn't let her escape from her feelings the way she's yeah. she's always trying to do she's trying to and get I, away <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 he kind of and he, he actually she does interesting she does calm down by the end of this scene because he validates her feelings because everything that christian hasn't been doing obviously um you know pele listens he encourages her to to communicate and and all that i'm not gonna lie i have a bit of like a weird unhealthy crush on pele because of how like kind he ends up being and it's just and it's just like it's sick (laughs) it's it's twisted for a reason and it's like you manipulate your friends into being there but you're also not a terrible person like you're doing what (laughs) has told you you need to do in yeah yeah they, it's, it's it's twisted it's yeah but what i really love is that um he doesn't make her feel like she's burdening him yeah yeah and he literally says to him like to to danny about christian you know he's my good friend i like him but do you feel held by him? Like, does he oh. feel like home to you? And I, I actually, like, I think I started, I think I started tearing up I when cried. he said, "Does he feel like home to you?" And and yeah. I, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful statement, um, yeah. you know. And anyone who ever has, I, I feel it's on both sides. Anyone who ever has felt like truly held by a, another human being, um, as well as someone who who feels that they haven't. Uh, yeah. Either way, you know that 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 feeling it, it, it's 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 so relatable. It, it's yeah. so you know visceral. Yeah, and it's just like because Pele's talking about how he feels held where he is, and that it is mm-hmm. home, and that even though he lost his parents and he was an orphan, and you know his parents died in a fire, which we find out more about later. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so not a traditional fire, my <laughs> friends. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and so he's explaining how the Haga have made him feel held. And I was like, it mm-hmm. is a really beautiful moment in the yeah. film. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that it was that moment that I got my weird, unhealthy crush on. <laughs> where I felt more like he doesn't know better. That's mm-hmm. where I got that, mm-hmm. that he's been yeah. conditioned into doing particular things and having this ulterior motive, whereas Ingmar, like, purposely bought these two people. Ingmar was like... Mm, this girl like <laughs> this girl ditched me it was and, yeah <laughs> yeah like, that ingmar ingmar had like, some issues these are my friends and they're pretty bad people so mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. his his motive was about freeing denny i feel like yeah and yeah. sacrificing these shit ass people yeah whereas like ingmar's like i want revenge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah weird. no definitely <laughs> Definitely. Um, um, yeah. it's, it's after this moment that um, that Danny has her interaction with Christian, which again, 
after he it, Ari just loves putting these scenes next to next to each other and these people next to each other that just like contrast so drastically so it's like expectation because, versus reality. <laughs> yeah, because then Danny is sitting alone um and Christian comes out and <laughs> he's like like yeah, he she she was just like are you he's like are you okay you know that was that was pretty crazy and she's all like i mean are you not and he's like yeah well that was you know that was really troubling or whatever the word is yeah. he used. and it's just like the most lackluster and the most like emotionless response yeah. to to this and he's like but you know it's cultural and it's just this this coldness that is so contrasting with with pele's right. warmth yeah. you know um yeah yeah and then just... he's like happy birthday with a piece of cake and i'm like oh you oh god, the... oh, god. <laughs> like don't even oh, it's also birthday at this stage <laughs> yeah it, it's also around this time that um that he goes to josh and tells him i've decided what my thesis oh, is going yeah. to be <laughs> i'm gonna do it on the hugger as well and we can collaborate if you want and this is where we realize that Christian is just a really selfish person. And like Josh is understandably very protective of what he wants to do because he doesn't mm-hmm. want to just be in Sweden. He wants to go to Germany and he wants to go to like these other Nordic countries to mm-hmm. you know experience their summer solstice and their midsummer because it is mm-hmm. a tradition that extends beyond just Sweden. Like um, yeah. midsummer is in Scotland. It's in like a lot of like Celtic countries. It's very important yeah. there as well. And because they're pagan, they were pagan at one point. And so like, there's all these different things. And like Josh has obviously conceptualized this as a massive thesis where um, Christian's like, I just want to tag along because I don't yeah. know what I want to do. I've got no direction. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you, you get the, um, I, you get the, the uh, impression throughout the whole film that, uh, Christian sort of embodies the, um, you know, it's a broad statement, but the sort of like the, the privileged, pretty white man, you know, yeah, uh, he, he embodies this guy who's able to sort of float through life and, and just get whatever he wants and do whatever he wants. Um, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's, and understands Josh's rage. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, now that I'm saying it, I mean, I, I this wasn't like, I wasn't even thinking about it until I said it out loud, but I'm like, and, you know, here's Josh, the the um, only, uh, like, person of color uh, in in the whole movie. No, well, Connie and um, uh, and, and Simon. Um, uh, a POC, are, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it just, it's it becomes so, you know, Josh works very hard for what he's doing oh, and here comes the only black man in the exactly film. exactly and and here comes christian and he's yeah. like i'm gonna do it too yeah no big I'm like and your thesis like yeah um, don't worry because like and this is yeah where josh's uh, not josh christian's like uh cishet white man really comes out mm-hmm. like yeah. don't worry yeah. i'm gonna tread on your toes and your achievements and how hard you've worked and I'm going to do yeah. a lackluster job of it because mm-hmm. there's actually scenes in the director's cut where um, they're contrasting yeah. like Josh and Christian's interviews with the different elders and Josh mm-hmm. is asking really intense and personal invading questions but with, yeah. the, with the purpose of um, gaining an understanding Mm-hmm. and insight and like actual like wanting to know what the purpose of different things is whereas christian's like so you're a bunch of inbreds 
Yeah. Like, and yeah. so there's this it, real, exactly. like, contrasting thing where you can see that Josh is the actual interested anthropologist, mm-hmm. whereas Christian is this, like, mediocre tag along trying to just yeah. create something for the sake of doing it to exactly. step on Josh. Mm-hmm. And and through um uh so at this point through uh th- we get some kind of scenes of uh Josh and uh Christian doing a little bit of kind of digging deeper and and some yeah. research um and that's when we discover um oh, hold on just before that oh, oh. because this is important Maya yeah. one night puts oh yes a under <laughs> Christian's bed because Josh does ask about that and he's like well it's mm-hmm. a love spell and so mm-hmm. Josh actually because Josh saw Maya do it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really interesting. Connie and Simon have also left at this point. Oh gosh, we even missed that. Yes. Oh yeah. god, it's just so many little just things like, that happen that yeah. yeah. Which I, so I this... this scene was intense for me because yeah. um Connie is just so flustered and like mm-hmm. desperate to get out of there. And mm-hmm. Simon, like she's told by I Ingmar or someone else. It's or it's one, one of the, the it's one of the like elder guys. Yeah, he like, comes out and yeah. he's like yeah, he's like he's like Simon. Uh, uh, you know, there wasn't enough room in the car, so Simon uh, went ahead and um, uh, and and we'll bring the car back for you. And Connie is not buying any of it, right? Yeah. Um, because unlike Christian and Danny, Connie is just so you know their relationship is so so much stronger, yeah. and so she is like, why would he do that? He, wouldn't he do wouldn't, that. you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so and and so Danny's a little bit uh, kind of concerned about this situation. She's also going like, you know, like why would Simon leave Connie like that? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So we're introduced to that. That happens. There's a couple of scenes after this that I love. So mm-hmm. um, Josh confronts Pele about Christian doing the thesis, and Pele's like, "No, I told Christian the exact same thing. The elders would not approve of this." Yeah. Um, but Josh continues to interrogate, investigate, interview. And we also uh, meet the Oracle Ruben, who doesn't really play that big of a role in the film. So, like, it, but it's important, I guess, yeah. Yeah. to have that kind of... Because, I mean, like, in Greek mythology, oracles are so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know about in paganism, what not, what, like, what the role of an oracle is. But um, he is deliberately inbred mm-hmm. because the oracle is meant to be someone who is unclouded uh, yeah and so yeah they're deliberate products of inbreeding because josh is like okay mm-hmm. well obviously ruben's a little bit different he's got our uh, albinism albinism i can't say that word um <laughs> he's albino uh and mm-hmm. he also has like some facial deformities as well mm-hmm. um yeah and so he paints all these books and like um, the elders explaining that they just have hundreds of these books because it's just like and, and they and they interpret what these what these paintings from Ruben mean. Yeah, um, which I thought yeah. was kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could literally mean nothing, <laughs> but I like that you think it means something. <laughs> but because because Ruben is unclouded, cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, you don't. You do you see Ruben twice in the movie, and that's mm-hmm. one of the only issues I really have. Yeah, but I think it's important that they know the importance of this book. 
Yeah. Well, I think, I think Ruben, uh, like the, the presence of him and whatnot serves as this like, like symbol for kind of what's going on in this community. And, and we hear about, um, sort of their, like how they deal with, um, breeding and and yeah, whatnot and in the community so yes they bring in an outsider um uh, and you have to be like specially selected by the elders um yeah. and 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 that's when we also discover but uh reuben is the product of inbreeding we do it yeah. purposefully to get um an you know a, a person with with disabilities um yeah. <laughs> which is which is and, and that's another one of these like uh Oh, so disturbing. Like, just, just like, so like cruel and, and yeah. 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 (laughs) And and I think that adds more to like that whole, we are ritualistic people. We have traditions, we have beliefs, Mm -hmm. and this is how we do these particular things. Yeah. Um, So this is also the scene where Mark pisses on their Oh my God, yes. And Ulf loses his mind. Ulf is so mad. (laughs) Hey, and the thing is, like, do you know what I love about this is that, um, and I read this somewhere, that they purposely uh-huh. don't subtitle the Swedish speak or the hugger, the hugger's vocabulary at all uh-huh. um, to isolate you as the viewer from the situation that's happening. So we have mm. no idea what Ulf is saying to Mark. Oh, that's that's actually interesting. The version yeah. I watched... Um, uh, Why well, turn subtitles maybe... on? So... <laughs> Ah. <laughs> I mine might have been like on auto on or something. Yeah. Um well, some, I guess so, some do some don't, but Ari asked uh-huh. the same that there's they uh, it might sorry, it might not Ulf's might have been subtitled, but some aren't. Most of them aren't. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's what it is. Like most of them aren't. It's supposed to be this sort of isolating quality yeah. for us as the audience, uh-huh. right? And I'm just like, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> but like Ulf runs in and he's just like, get your disgusting dick away from my ancestors. <laughs> I love it. And Mark's like, what? <laughs> you stupid like, American. Like, <laughs> no. And like he could have been told like this is yeah this is our ancestors tree because they had literally just poured ashes on it as well oh my god yeah they did they totally did ritual and it's like they could have been Mm -hmm. like well later you know we put the ashes on the tree where all our elders are spread and it's just like oh my god so Ulf has like this huge out for mark situation and we Mm -hmm. see that a little bit onwards um so basically next um, is the meal right yes so they're at yeah. supper that night and I love, there's a scene just before this where mark is like walking across the field in front of that big triangle building yes and the yes. girl that he thinks is hot comes out and he's like oh shit she's coming this way and he's yes like, oh god oh god and you're like oh that it just cracked me up and then yeah yeah that just that whole thing was just funny to me because we see her again at dinner yeah the pacing of it is perfect and yeah. and he's got this hilarious there's just a hilarity to the, the whole performance <laughs> that he's giving is, is just so like oh shit oh shit she's, oh, shit. oh, oh she's, she's coming, coming this way, this way. Oh, oh, <laughs> especially because he plays so because he because he comes off so brash and so yeah. confident right and then the girl's um, coming near him and he's like oh no oh god no and i was like oh that's so fun i just like i said i really like his characterization and mm-hmm. like it's sad that we didn't see a character arc with him at all but god yeah i was like i would have like to have seen him like more like Mm. yeah (laughs) he just cracked me up like my cheeks hurt from laughing about it (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so we, we have the meal, right? They sit down for this meal. Um, and this is where, um, well, Danny is, is asking because now Connie is also, uh, missing. Um, and, and, you know, Danny's asking where, where she went. And I I believe she's told, you know, um, oh yeah, you know, uh, she, she, the, the car came to get her to, um, she got on uh, the train or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and then Danny has this kind of quiet moment herself because she's just like, why, why would Simon leave without? her um and she just has this like quiet moment and she she, like turns to christian and she's just like i could see you doing that (laughs) and i think this is like a turning point for her where she's like oh what am i doing with him like yeah i'm in this amazing community with these people who care and i think it's shown her that he really doesn't care Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that- and this is this is when we get our moment where Christian finds a pubic hair in his meat pie, and his um, drink is also a little bit pink. Yes, everybody else's. Yeah, notice everyone else's drink is yellow, and his is sort of like pinky red. And you're just like, I remember the tapestry now. Because oh, <laughs> Mark's like, is that a pube? <laughs> yeah, and they're so brash about it. It's just so like like the amount of um uh like like disrespect to the community yeah. that that then like becomes their demise you know what i love is uh, sitting across from oof, Mark, just, just like staring at him daggers <laughs> yeah um oh he really has it out for him but that, and that's <laughs> like we at the end we find out like that he the purpose for mark all along was to be this Mm-hmm. there's a purpose for him so like yeah Ulf is just waiting it out he's like yeah up. yeah and it's a big year for Ulf too you know it's yeah. uh he's very stressed he's, um he takes it very seriously <laughs> I think I think night follows this moment eh this is uh the next thing that happens is is Josh kind of sneaking <laughs> out taken away by the oh, girl yes. yeah and she's like yeah. I'll show you and he's like all right you're gonna show me like no question it was so oh, funny he just comes up with her like Swedish accent and says, I'll show you. And, and we're like, what do you mean? <laughs> of course, Mark like, goes with her though. Yeah. Because, because the Swedish chicks want to bang or whatever his mentality <laughs> I'm is. I'm see a boob. I'm going. <laughs> but yes, um, night does follow that. And I love this scene as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Josh is going in to steal Ruben's book and paintings. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> We see uh, a man uh, come up behind Josh with Mark's face on his face. So Josh thinks it's Mark, I think, at this Josh point. thinks it's Mark. Um, and then when he gets close, we see that it's not Mark. It's Mark's skin <laughs> on someone else's face. It's actually um, I know. I was going to yeah. say that was one of my fun <laughs> facts. We just, I, I discovered later that it was Ulf. Yeah. Um, and and then we just kind of like I think we cut like 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 we like he, he kind of gets hit in the, in the head. head yeah yeah but there's like this long pause as he like bleeds out before he's dragged away and I was like oh yuck but uh, yeah so the next morning um they basically find out that the book's missing Danny's concerned because Mark and Josh are missing but Christian's like oh whatever yeah oh man yeah so then like christian just starts throwing his friends under the bus too he's like we we're not even really friends i don't associate with them um it was like wow you were like really willing to just like tread on anybody to you know save your skin um yeah yeah um 
And and then mm-hmm. I think at this point, um, what they, the, this is when Danny and Christian are split up because Christian yeah. is taken to have an interview with one of the uh, elder with women. Steve. Yeah. Yes. Um. And and Danny is taken to go uh, the uh hang out with the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Do the May Queen. So they dress her in traditional clothing, and um, mm-hmm. they're given a drug fused drink, and she's basically told this will help you with your dancing. And I mm-hmm. love this because she's oh, it's really disorientating. I feel mm-hmm. a little bit motion sick watching this. Uh, where they they are dancing around in circles, yeah. but she thinks she's speaking in Swedish. Yeah, that was a great and I was moment. Like, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and and it should that. be noted that that this is like one of the first times uh uh where where Danny like it, it kind of looks like she's having fun. Yeah. Like she's actually just having a good time. The girls are all embracing her and laughing with her and and all that and. It's it bears noting that that you know other than the the friend who we heard at the very beginning of the film, like this is the first time we're really getting like like sort of genuine sort of sisterly woman uh, interaction for Danny. Yeah. She's just been so surrounded by these men constantly for the the whole movie, um, and so that's I, I think that's just kind of an interesting image, something to to kind of meditate upon yeah. afterwards. It's nice. It's just like a she's letting go of yeah. her grief at this point and yeah. then but the grief transforms into something else after this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it's just yeah it's it's a real big transformation for danny over the next like because this is towards the end of the film yeah and, um so she's the last one standing and um mm-hmm. it's just really nice and yeah. yeah, everyone's all happy for her. She's kind of yeah. laughing. They like scoop her up and like they put her on a big thing, and she's like yeah. triumphant. And yeah, the one creepy thing is though that in the trees is like this image of her sister behind her. Um, <gasps> Wait, I think I missed that. Yeah. Oh man, Look for the screenshots. Uh, oh god, there's a couple online because we do see a lot of that imagery of her sister and her parents throughout the whole film, like in trees yeah. and in mirrors and. Um, it is really, really important. So mm-hmm. that um, even though she's in this um, triumphant state, she is mm-hmm. still burdened by the grief of her family and, and loss, and she's de- like coping with it in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it might mm-hmm. be overshadowing her or like overwhelming her, but she's slowly learning how to to deal with it and be herself. Yeah, it. yeah. So at the same time, Christian is given a drug, which basically causes him to go into this massive hallucinogenic state. And I yeah. love when the villager claps in his face and there's like this wave oh, effect yeah. out of yeah. it. I love that. And he's like, oh. Like Christian's got these puppy dog eyes and he's just like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and the villager's just kind of like shaking his head like stupid American man. Like, <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, so they take him into like a special hut. Um, mm-hmm. where he is basically forced to have sex. He's given more drugs. Yeah. yeah, even more <laughs> drugs with Maya, who is 16. Um, and he is taking her virginity because she is to be the next one to have a child, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I gleaned as well. Sort yeah. of the next, whenever uh, a girl kind of reaches the mature age, um, she she can now birth a, a new yeah. baby. It's, up, it's um, her responsibility now to... Yeah. Um, to 
give birth to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And there's this like semicircle of naked women kind of dancing and <sighs> chatting, uh, a sw- swaying sort of ch- chanting and moaning um, along with, with Maha, with yeah, with Maya um, during yeah. this. And there's that wonderful like 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 you have to laugh at it moment when um, the the woman kind of kneels down and starts like singing in Christian's face. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really and intense. Christian's just looking horrified and. It's like, yeah, it is. It is. Where am I? Yeah, (laughs) it's uh, it's a lot. Yeah. So meanwhile, um, yeah, I was gonna say. Meanwhile, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Um, So before we move on from that, the in pagan traditions, the notion of like sexual freedom is basically Mm -hmm. practiced through a lot of pagan cultures. Um, so one particular celebration is called the Beltane, and it's basically an observance of the Great Rite, which is having sex um losing mm. your virginity so um this is really done through a totally different lens in midsummer where it's yeah. like basically um the so it's meant to be for communion and creation um but and and sex, sexual liberation as well but mm-hmm. we see it in from christian's perspective more so than maya and the rest of the women in the in the in the mm-hmm. cult and so yeah. like he's traumatized yeah um, yeah and obviously, Beltane and the Great Rite isn't meant to be that way. It's um, mm-hmm. very different in pagan traditions. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember reading the first time I ever read about like the the Maypole and and sort of what that tradition kind of comes from. And uh, I mean, there's all kinds of conflicting information, but uh, the one core thing that I always found was like, you know, it's 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 essentially an emulation of this idea of like spring fever. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's this phallic imagery. Um, and, and in certain, in certain pagan cultures, it would literally be like, you dance around the maypole, then you run into the forest to have sex. Like everybody's just in this sort of frenzy of happy, just like the flowers are growing. So is, um, like conception and, and, and birth and all that. In, um, in pagan tradition, I think it's Bacchanalia. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but it is a spring um, a spring festival where you drink, you party, you have yeah. sex. And it's just like, and it's to, for the god Bacchus, who is like yes, this goddess yeah. uh, of um, fertility and mm-hmm. having fun. And so I was yes. like, I really like that. I learned that from True Blood. Oh, hey, my, uh, so Bacchus is the, uh, is the, um, uh, uh, Roman version of the Greek god, um, uh, Dionysus. Yes. And Dionysus is my, is my dad's name. Oh, so, <laughs> so I remember when I was a kid and I sort of learned what Dionysus deal was, it was like, I only learned like the tame version. And then I yeah. like learned later like, and I was like, god. oh, oh, that's weird. <laughs> It's so funny because uh, Greek kids in Australia get given Australian names. They don't get given a lot of like beautiful Greek names. And it's so, <laughs> like, where's the tradition? Like, I love uh, Greek names are just so beautiful. Uh, my partner's <laughs> well, Serbian. You. And I'm just like, I hope there's some nice Serbian women. Like his his Serbian name is Nenard, which I love. Mm, it's, it's very cool. beautiful. And, yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of nice feminine names. Ah. Uh. <laughs> and they're quite harsh. And I'm like, okay, we'll deal with that <laughs> when the time comes. Um, so <laughs> the really heartbreaking thing is that Denny witnesses this entire mm-hmm. thing through a hole in the side of the hut. And so while this scene is also, you know, so incredibly heartbreaking, it's also really cathartic in a way. Yeah. Um, because Denny is running to the sleeping hut, all the women follow her and they're crying with her. Like they're yes. sharing yeah. her pain. And I think it's a first 
time that she really lets go publicly. Yeah, her pain becomes like good. validated. Yeah. Um, this you know and 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 it it almost is she she it's able to get louder and more animalistic because because the others are joining in with her yeah yeah and she just yeah like she doesn't feel like she's inconveniencing them they're making her mm-hmm. feel hey you are valid yeah. your pain we feel your pain we care yeah. about your pain we share your pain and, and I, I think that it, I, there's there's definitely roots in like um, I mean I don't know much about this, but I've certainly seen uh, examples of like it's sort of like group therapy. Um, uh, like there's I'm sure there was something in the 60s or 70s in which they were like let's get everybody together and everybody just moan and scream and, and let cry. all your demons out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know if we do it all together, it's this sort of therapeutic experience. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like I, I, I would hazard a guess that th- that was part of, uh, like Ari's inspiration for that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There, like, like we've said, there's purpose for everything that he mm-hmm. does in this film and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really appreciated. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so Christian climaxes and freaks out, leaves, he's looking mm-hmm. for Danny. He... He's running outside naked. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually his choice. Yeah, true. He was like, I'm gonna be naked. All right. Um, so Ari was like, okay, do it. Um, so, so good. He finds Josh's leg buried in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And then he finds that that barn, the barn where Simon, Simon is has played. been. Yeah, yeah. In this sort of ritualistic hanging above some like flowers and He's plants, and like there's an flowers eagle. in his eyes. Yes. Yeah. I read yeah. that that that's actually a a specific kind of um a, a way of of opening the body um in some I don't know historical torture i don't know (laughs) we we don't need to talk about that so it's you just gotta see it it's really horrifying and freaky looking but also kind of really beautifully composed yeah yeah yeah. it's he's sort of like hanging over um and there's these flowers on him um yeah it's uh it's 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 creepy it's (laughs) yeah yeah uh, but he's found by a villager who blows a powdered some substance into his face and he mm-hmm. passes out. So we're heading to like the big finale ritual in all yes. of this. Yeah. And um, so Denny's lifted onto a pedestal and she's carried to a dinner table. And um, basically Christian is, I think they had, there's a feast and then Christian- oh the feast the feast was before so the feast yes. was uh yeah before they went into to christian had sex with uh, oh, maya I, I, get, and, and I get it confused i got it mixed up this yeah this final ceremony now is uh is danny's actually sitting in her crazy uh Throne may queen kind of outfit yeah uh and uh we've got christian in like a wheelchair because he's um, completely yeah. yeah he's been paralyzed and we learn sort of the final um uh you know part of the midsummer celebration yeah. for the harga here um they explain that um the final thing is a sacrifice of um of nine people four from the community and four outsiders um and uh and the final person the ninth person has to be chosen by the may queen from from either an outsider i.e christian or Or uh, someone yeah or a villager (laughs) yeah um and uh you know we uh, we find out that ulf and um um ingmar 
have volunteered. are amongst yeah are amongst yeah. the villagers that are going to be uh, going into this um, uh, burning house into the um, yellow triangle. Yes, yeah, the famous yellow triangle house that that we you know saw at the beginning and didn't know what it was for, um, and and we sort of stay on Danny's face as she has to make this decision. And then we cut to just like all the, the bodies being like wheeled into the yeah, house. Yeah, and they're like uh, ritualistically placing them. They have certain yeah. things that they're wearing. Um, flowers are placed around them. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, they have exact purposes for each individual that they're going to be sacrificing. But the thing mm-hmm. is like all a lot, of, like Connie, Simon, Mark and Josh are all deceased already at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know um, if they had to be dead before they put them in there or or whatnot. I, I, yeah, like what the deal is. Yeah, do you, can you sacrifice them alive? Have they already been sacrificed in a different and, ritual? I mean, yeah, like, like some of them, some of them were like stuffed with things. Like like one of the like yeah. one of the dead bodies had like apples stuffed in it, and that oh. kind of like the, the visualization of that like really goes to to some um uh like pagan practices of sort of like giving an offering to the earth or giving yeah. an offering to the gods um of of food and and um things like that um uh but we get to see this shot of um uh this like uh, older guy teaching the children how to uh like open up of the bear so the yeah. bear is, is dead and and he's teaching them how to properly um uh, disembowel it. yes that's the yeah. word yeah and um and our buddy christian he gets lifted up onto the table to be put inside because the bear danny chose him don't <laughs> forget danny, danny chose, him. chose him yeah so I loved. um <laughs> i loved that moment where she was like yeah i know yeah I yeah yes. um and and so yeah, we're all sitting with this reality because we know what just happened. We know that it, it must have meant that she chose him, and and you know Christian in his bear suit gets gets put in the in the building. Um, uh, I love that he's got like the mouth around his head. Oh man, it's yeah, just, yeah, he's so brutal because he's like, like he can't a, move. He's like yeah paralyzed you know and how yeah. he's stuffed into this bear yeah. and, it's like, and i was kind of curious because because the bear imagery obviously kept happening um yeah uh, there there was even an image right before um christian uh, uh speaks to to uh i keep forgetting her name sen sen sev Siv. uh the Siv. yeah um uh the, he's like staring at a picture of a burning bear on the wall um and so i was kind of curious and i did a little bit of research to see if you know like what some of the symbolism might be that they were pulling from um and i found a couple things one interesting thing is that um supposedly odin and thor in like norse mythology um when they came down to earth they would sometimes uh take the form of a bear um and so in that way the bear um it, it represents sort of like uh, masculinity uh masculine uh, power um and, and that sort of aspect um and uh and another nifty one i found um <laughs> like there's this old uh, and it it's probably ties into the the symbolism that already exists of the bear but there's this like weird old pyrenees tradition um that involved a man dressing in like a bear 
costume and and sort of kidnapping um, a, a young maiden um, and bringing her to like the town square where she's like given a feast of some kind and then eventually the bear man is like slain and shaven um and is you just these these interesting kind of old weird uh sort of paganistic traditions that crop up using the bear um and i was curious like like i feel like in 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 some ways um they 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 sort of crept their way into it especially because i thought like the the image of him wearing the bear costume i was like i wonder if it might have something to do with this old sort of french tradition yeah definitely Um, i think there's a lot of influences there i should have looked up the symbolism of the bear but (laughs) it's okay i I did i was like do the bear that's cool i like that (laughs) that's all that meant to me (laughs) yeah that's really interesting um but yeah they bring in ingmar and put everybody in the building um which they set on set on fire um Um, yeah i And and the thing is, like, fire has a lot of symbolism as well. It's about cleansing. It's about rebirth. Yeah. It's about new beginnings as well. And the fun fact, Denny's last name, uh, I can't remember what it was, Arda, I think, is actually a pre-Latin word for fire. So, Interesting. Yeah, I think that's her last name. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I should have written it down. But I remember reading that her last name actually meant fire. Mm-hmm. And ah. I was like, oh. It's all like it's that. all it's like one big giant mm-hmm. circle. And um so we can hear Christian wheezing in pain. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. And the awful. like the thing is like like Ingmar and Ulf go in there all like brave and stuff they and they're given this Let's do it. they're given the like thing of the yew tree to like, you know, ease the pain or whatever. And then I mean, then they start catching fire and they just like start screaming in yeah. like horrific, horrific screams. And and sort of the the reality of this thing really comes comes to the foreground. Yeah. And then of course all of the, the villagers start screaming as well and and you know sharing in their pain um and and i guess in in a way sort of purging themselves through this ritual fire um and then we got we've got danny uh she starts kind of coughing and moaning and spluttering and and she's in this kind of oh this and she's in this may queen she's like this big flower slug kind of like (laughs) slopping across across the ground yeah it's all quite crazy and ridiculous and 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 disturbing and you're sort of horrified um but we get that last image right (laughs) that smile on her face Mm -hmm. says so much yeah it really it speaks volumes to what she has been through yeah and yeah, i think she's exactly the decision and yeah there's this very like i mean for better or for worse yeah. danny found a family at the end of this you know um and I, I think that that that's what and she found uh she she finally found an outlet for her grief yeah. and has coped with it in in a weird way so there, there was a purging there um and and here she is she she now has found the the family that she can be a part of yeah um it's sad and it's beautiful and it makes sense Mm -hmm. and like i said you know she moves from one toxic relationship into another and yeah if that's where she wants to be and obviously you know it feels like home to her like pele says to her do you does it do you does he feel like home do you feel held mm-hmm. and i think that this mm-hmm. is the moment where she feels both of those things and yeah. feels unified with people for once 
whereas mm-hmm. she's always been the outsider in with Christian and his friends until yeah. up until now. Yeah. And in, in such a, in, in like, after all this like horrifying visceral imagery and stuff, you kind of go back to, to like Ari's like metaphor of, of a breakup and, and it, it, you kind of take a step back and you're like, ah, oh, it's that moment when you finally move on, and you know, it's like, that I'm yeah. done with this. I'm yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And, and, you know, um, Ariasta and his writing and, um, like Florence Pugh, she had just come off the back of Lady Macbeth when um, she mm-hmm. was sent the script of um, of Danny, and she was like, "Yeah, she was like, definitely this yeah. writing, yes." And Florence Pugh is just phenomenal. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The her, her, strides her, she takes in this film, uh, just yeah. I, I mean, I j- just like uh, what were you saying to me? Uh, um, oh, I'm blanking right now. What's the actress's <laughs> name from Hereditary? Oh, Tony Collette. Yeah, j- just how there's like a Tony Collette movement. It's like, like, like you know, where was the Florence Pugh movement? Oh, there is a movement? Florence Pugh movement. There, is, there are T-shirts. <laughs> like, about I Florence mean, I know Pugh that she. <laughs> yeah, like she, she got like uh, uh, definitely some recognition for her work yeah. in like Little Women and, and whatnot. But, uh, but I, I mean, Little come, Women. come now. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's phenomenal. I said one of my favorite movies from that year. Um, but but just the 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 raw uh, you know, the places that she went in this film yeah. uh, are are really commendable and uh and you know, I, I can't speak highly enough uh about yeah. about her work. And like obviously you as an actress know the 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 mental state you need to get into and even physical and emotional. So you can relate and kind of be like, oh, okay i've I've done similar things for myself in my roles. I can yeah. see how far you went for this yeah it it t- it takes a toll it it can be it, it's it's very taxing um and i mean uh most experienced actors know that that you need to find a way to separate um the emotional trauma that you're putting yourself through um and be yeah. able to uh uh you know t- your body doesn't know that you're faking it uh, when when you start putting yourself through these things yeah. um and and I, I and it's very important obviously to 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 find ways to remind yourself that this isn't real and this is this is play and this is fictional um uh and it's something actually uh we'll probably leave this on a final note cuz I mean I feel like we've probably been talking forever <laughs> here um but uh, uh i i in an interview that uh Florence Pugh did she said that for her to be able to to do that final scene, she had to. She made the choice for herself that um, Danny had was so far gone mentally from the moment that she she has that experience with the girls in the cabin that Danny has made such a break with reality that she doesn't even realize that it's christian inside the 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 building and aster aster's uh like aster like openly like disagrees with that obviously like like he he made the point that you know danny knows but for florence Pugh, she was like no like for me to be able to do it it was you know i had to it was a break with reality you know like i i I, (laughs) and i think i think that was it's it's really interesting to get inside an actor's head and like we all the amazing thing is we all interpret what what we're going to interpret from what we see right what the director presents us with and so the actor's experience becomes it's something totally different and yeah it's cool it's cool 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 stuff (laughs) 
I love finding out stuff like that. Well, um, <laughs> well, that is Midsummer. Ari Aster's Midsummer. Obviously, yeah. you're a fan of the movie. I'm a fan. Yeah. I mean, I hope people weren't coming here hoping for like a nice critical analysis because <laughs> no, this was just us gushing a little bit. <laughs> oh, you should have heard. I had a, I did um, an episode with Emily Hagens who did a uh, the cold open in Scare Package. Mm. And we just talked about how much we love Del Toro. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then I filmed another episode with a, a friend, Freddie, from Good Night, uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, Nightlight Podcast and we just gushed over Mike Flanagan so it's fine yeah yeah I mean I mean listen listen Mike Flanagan uh funny little story um so I was a huge fan of Haunting of Hill House um uh when it came out I mean it's it's a beautiful beautiful series um and and when anything for Jackson came out Mike Flanagan tweeted that he saw it (gasps) And I like lost my mind. I like tweeted back at him and he tweeted back at me and I was like, this is it. This is it. I've made it. (laughs) Mike Flanagan liked my work. (laughs) I'm retiring on this note now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's awesome. And so he should love that film. It's uh, it's brilliant. You were amazing. And honestly, thank um, you. Thank you. Everyone, they're like, what should I watch on Shutter? And I'll be like tweeting back in caps lock, like anything (laughs) for Jackson. Like, don't worry about anything else right now. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it truly was a really fabulous experience. I, I, I loved working on, on that film um and and that it's another story where you know the horror elements um you know they, they tell a deeper story about loss and about love um yeah. and about you know what you what you do for for the people that you love yeah um, and then that film yeah. um goes a little bit too far like, yeah you know you, you know <laughs> especially from my perspective you know oh, <laughs> i find yes. it a little hard to relate to uh <laughs> To the older folks. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do love that they're Satanists. Um, they're so just, funny. So well, I remember reading I remember reading sort of the log line when I was auditioning for the film and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I love this, but also what? <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. I've had an absolute blast talking about this film. It's been awesome to have like a, a f- another female perspective on the film because I feel mm. like I don't think I'd want to film like record an episode uh, talking about it from a male perspective personally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but where can listeners find you and your work um I mean uh you can you can kind of keep track of me uh through my instagram um at constantina.mantelos um it's a long it's a long fancy name so uh so there aren't <laughs> many others like it um uh I I've also got a website my my company's called spinning top pictures uh you can follow me there um yeah 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 and anything for Jack is on Shutter. <laughs> yes, and anything for Jack is on Shutter. Check it out. <laughs> it's a good time. It is, honestly. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I do a lot of screaming, a lot of being tied to a bed, uh, yeah. and a lot of a lot of fighting off some some uh, kind of traumatic traumatic experiences of my own. So. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> once again thank you so much and everyone please check out constantina in all the places mentioned thank you for listening if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from me i am on twitter at catstead underscore for all the podcast related content follow the podcast on instagram twitter and facebook at tgif pod you've been listening to tgif see you next friday <laughs>